Welcome to another Coffee and Heroes podcast. Uh, this time we are tackling the previews books. This is for the uh, the previews books that have been released just towards the end of October, but primarily it's the November book for release in January 2020. Uh, delighted as always, so your host Alan, delighted as always to be joined by Mr. Keith Miller. Hello, how are you? Mr. Roddy McCants. Hey, how's it going? And what's your name again? Haha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kelly McBride. Um, how is everyone this fine evening? Good, pretty good, yeah. All happy well, Halloween. Happy Halloween, yes, happy yes. pre 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 Christmas. Uh, <laughs> And if there are any interruptions tonight, it's uh, likely to be small children knocking at the door looking for candy. It is, and they'll be promptly ignored. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all, we have, all we have is beer. Can we cut that, please? Makes <laughs> <laughs> me sound horrible. It's more just the fact we've got whiskey and beer. I don't think it's suitable for children, although in Belfast, you never know. Um, yeah, so everyone keeping well, everyone's well fed, everyone's got a drink, we're happy to talk some previews. Um, yeah, we're, we'll be messing around a little bit with the format as well. We're trying to make these podcasts a bit more concise, a, a bit more sort of a flow to them. Um, there are times during the previous podcast, I will admit that I find the first half of it is a lot of quality, not just because it's the DC stuff. And the second half, you know, <laughs> we struggle a little bit because maybe it just goes on for a lot because there is a lot of stuff in the previews books, but we want to try and break it down a little bit more. So we're, we're messing around with a new format. Hopefully you guys will dig it. Um, just before we jump in, I just wanted to say a massive thanks to everybody who turned out for the Clayman signing and Q&A. Uh, wonderful, wonderful evening. Um, I always judge any event uh, on the basis of, would I change anything if we did it again? And I wouldn't. I was really happy with it. Yep. Uh, format was great. Clay was wonderful. Um, so just for, for, for listeners who maybe aren't as familiar with the store or maybe in other places. Just yeah, absolutely. Wee- so, I mean... With Clay coming over, that was our first signing. So signing in the store, we're in Smithfield Market. Um, Clayman, most well known at the moment for Heroes in Crisis, going to be doing the upcoming Batman Catwoman series. Uh, has worked for Marvel, uh, Valiant, DC. He uh, admitted to us that he quote fucking hates Marvel, uh, which I looked straight at Keith in the crowd, which was great. <laughs> I, I mean, I got the impression when he said that he was talking about working for them rather than reading their books. Very much so, you given know. his uh, geek out with you about you two being the only two people in the world with every single issue of Age of, of the Apocalypse. Age of, the original Age of Apocalypse, yeah, and uh, he did mention, I think, that Generation X was his favourite book. Yeah. You know, so that's uh, we blast from the past there. Yeah, he was he was absolute great guy. I mean, I was slightly concerned going into it I mean it was our first event and hoping it would go well and slightly stressed as soon as I met him that morning Vicky was good enough to pick him up from the airport we met him he just down the earth guy happy to be there and I think in a weird way he was happy to well maybe happy is the wrong word but I think he was taken aback at being the centre of attention I think a lot of the times he does cons that maybe people are you know looking to talk to Tom Keane or you know writers and so forth but every single person there was there to see him and I mean it's interesting because you don't really consider it maybe Robbie you've, Roddy you've got a wee bit of insight in is that you know as a as an artist I mean art come it's not a it's not a public facing job like you no, know so I, you, I hate the public public side of it <laughs> yeah yeah he hates the public please buy his books <laughs> <laughs> I uh yeah, it's it's really weird. I don't know. I mean, you're um, you're a charismatic I mean, gentleman. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. But I um, I struggle with the the outgoing side of it, the the social side of it. Like I'm a very social guy, as yeah. you all know. But 
Is that public? When it that comes to speaking, promoting, so that, I yeah. think it's the promotion. You feel like you're promoting yourself, and then you feel like a bit of a, I don't know, like a, yeah, a liar or something. That's not what you are. That's not self-aggrandizing, you know? yeah. maybe because obviously you're selling but, your your work, yeah. so you have to sell yourself as yeah. well. Uh-huh. And I suppose with writing and with art, you know, obviously Caelan being a very talented artist as well. But I mean, a lot of the time, anytime you're drawing or anytime Ronnie's writing, you'll be in a room in your own. Yeah. you know and then yeah. and then suddenly you know it's different obviously with a store because it was just one event but you would go to a con and suddenly you're trying yeah. to buy all these people and you're having to promote yourself it must be very very strange I liken it to when like um, quite a big runner so when you're running by yourself you're training on your own your headphones in doing your own thing you're in your yeah. own world but when you go to say like an event or a marathon or whatever 10k everything's everyone's around you mistake can't mess yeah. up so mm. it's it's yeah it's a bit like that um, it's but I obviously love it like yeah. at the same time but Clay Clay sort of sort of intimated that he's not comfortable with crowds yeah and you did a really good job of uh, of, of getting the information out and 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 I think making making him feel comfortable uh, yeah I mean I I was nervous myself you know I yeah. I sort of made the joke at the start that you know I usually have the safety of my counter to hide behind you or know or a microphone you know or a <laughs> microphone where it's just the you know us us guys all hanging out but but yeah, I, I was slightly nervous as well. It was 40 people. It was expectant eyes looking at you to ask interesting questions. I always think of it as, you know, I want people to leave thinking they got value for money. So I'm thinking, you know, this has to be good, interesting questions, crowd engaging. And it all went, it all went brilliantly. I think nearly every person in the crowd almost asked the question. Um, and then I could see outside that the, the queue was forming for the signing and it was all coming together. So it was just... It's a wonderful evening, and again, I go back to the, the the point of it. Like Clay was just such a nice guy, smiled for every photo, shook every hand, signed every book, and he sent us a really nice email the next day yeah, saying, "You know, thanks for looking after me. I really appreciate it." And best of all, he's going to help me finish my Batman Fifty collection. <laughs> you mean oh, what a guy? Best of all, he's agreed to uh, to come on a podcast with us. Well, that too, you know, but yeah, but Batman Fifties so, are coming uh, in the post, so, so we're looking forward to maybe. <laughs> Maybe getting a chat to him, maybe interviewing him on the cool. podcast. Yeah, you know, so yeah. In, uh, hopefully, probably do that around the time of Batman Catwoman. I yeah. would say if if he has the time, um, but he, he certainly seemed enthusiastic. I mean, he actually reminded us. He said, "Oh yeah, wasn't I supposed to do a podcast for you guys to promote this?" Yeah. And we were like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> I was sort of like, "I forgot about that." Yeah, yeah. Been slightly. You had a lot distracted. on. You had a lot on, and I mean, if you if you check out the Coffee and Heroes, you know. Facebook, I think there's some pictures on there. Yeah, all the photos and, uh, are up there. It was absolutely awesome because not only did the line for the for the the signing run around the entire store, the but door. it ran out the door and out the door of the Smithfield <laughs> yeah. Market as well. Yeah. So Whoa, at one stage it was quite incredible. Yeah. Just then, people, the whole place was buzzing. Um, I think you probably, I mean, it was really awesome that your your distinguished competition turned up. Yeah. You know, yeah. that was really lovely to see. Very that. much so, yeah. Guys from Forbidden Planet showed up. They brought us a box of roses to say thanks for inviting them. Um, <laughs> and then what I thought was a really classy move, they put a little uh, social media post out themselves sort of saying thanks for hosting mm-hmm. us and, you know, sort of complimenting the store. I, I didn't know whether to take it as a compliment at first when I first read it because it said it's probably the best smelling comic book store I've ever been to and I had <laughs> I, but they were talking about the coffee well they don't they, they don't have a coffee shop in their store so well, yeah. they, beside <laughs> they do have one beside them um, but I thought that was a really yeah. classy move in it and, and 
I mean, I like that. I should lot. say they helped promote it, didn't they? Big time, yeah. I mean, yep. they they had a poster in. I mean, even Mal, one of the guys that works in Forbidden, said to me that someone was buying Heroes in Crisis off from upstairs, and it was interesting as well because sometimes people can't see the wood for the trees. But he said, "Oh, the the artist who's doing that, he's he's appearing at a store around the corner." Oh, right, where's that? And Mal literally went. The posters at your legs. Yeah. <laughs> so the guy walked up to the counter, ignored it all, and had to be told. But no, they they did help us out with the promotion, and you know we, we do want to say a thanks for that. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's why we were happy to you know fire them a few tickets for it. So, um, but yeah, hopefully it's the first of many. It sort and, of uh, proved to us we can do it. You know, and a thanks awesome. to uh, the OEM Music Center. For oh, absolutely. One of the chairs. D, if you're listening to this, you're you're a dude. Coffee's yeah. on me. Um, uh, they've got. Uh, the OES Centre is hosting the Sound of Belfast mm-hmm. next week mm-hmm. uh, just to promote one of their events in return uh, which is the, I guess it's the, a large music industry week-long music industry conference gigs and stuff all over, all over sort of the centre of Belfast yeah. and uh, culminating on Thursday in the NA Music Prize um, so nice uh, yeah yeah, looking those seats back and forth, I got to throw out an extra set of thanks to Mr. Miller there for uh, helping me trolley them across, and also took all of our regulars, Michael and Jared, who also helped. Yeah, I think everybody that was the, that was the other wonderful thing is everybody pitched in and did something, whether it was taking pictures, whether it was making sure that uh, folk who were coming through the door for the Q and A had tickets, whether it was all sorts of getting people write their names down yeah, for getting stuff signed sure, and, yeah. and all sorts. So. It, I, I think one of that, that's one of the things Clay enjoyed about it. I think he could sense the community within it, and I think that helped him relax as well. So um, I, want to, I want to get stuff sent twice, and not once with your glasses on, once with your glasses on. Yes, I, I Clark ended it. <laughs> uh, I used the advantage of my new specs. Uh, not once did like I've been in long queues for stuff before, and it's always grumbling. Not once did I hear anyone grumbling. No, yeah. it was just everyone was looking forward to it. Everyone was having a good time. Most of the people were standing saying, oh, look at that, i got to pick up that one and come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, people got to meet each yeah, other for the first time yeah. as well, um, which was great. And that's one of what I like to think is one of the strengths of the store, is that you could come in and someone will sit two seats down from you, but you are you know you're going to end up in a conversation with that guy yeah, yeah, about yeah. something. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, big, big massive thanks to everyone who came and supported us. As I say, hopefully it's the first of many. And uh, we'll, we'll go from there. So, yeah, so hoping. Yeah, well done. Good job. And Can't wait for the next one. And although I know he hits hits the public and all the rest, we're hoping to do some Marathi soon. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> <laughs> I love the public. <laughs> Let's talk some comics. Uh, yeah. So previous books dropped. Uh, they they seem to come in a lot about a week later than normal. I thought. Yeah. Uh, which was interesting. Uh, what we're going to do is we, we had this idea again for you know giving the, the, the podcast a bit more structure so we're just going to do a very quick breakdown of the three books and sort of general impressions so rather than going through the books and pointing out at every single page this is coming out and this is coming out again just general impressions so we're going to kick off with DC and it's going to be myself and Caelan primarily because I brought him onto this podcast to support me against those Marvel and Indie boys over there Uh but I brought him on so at the wrong time. <laughs> I brought him on at the wrong time because the DC previews book this month. There's good stuff in it. There, there is some great ongoing stuff in it. There's just not a lot of new titles or it is very starting points. I think that's continuous. A, that's the difference in the two in the two big the very big two much books so. is that you know there's the, the the ongoing stuff in DC is really really strong, but Marvel I think have chosen to go the other direction and, yeah. and launch a whole lot of new miniseries and one shots and stuff to kick off the year. So yeah, yeah. Like this is this book. It feels like a lot of the stories in DC are building up and building up, but it just hasn't quite reached 
accumulation of all these events mm, Justice yeah. League Justice Doom War uh, stories with various characters Tom King's Batman they haven't quite reached the conclusion so at this yeah. point it's there's the uh, the big question as to whether or not Doomsday Clock's going to finish in 2019 or 2020 believe oh <laughs> it's uh, before Christmas isn't it December 18th but if it misses that shipping date it's That's 2020 <laughs> but I am I am confident there will be Gary Frank shared a thing on Instagram the other day and it was him scanning the last page of art and he was like it's done until he takes it back and, and what, he, what he was saying was it's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he also said it's going to be 47, 47 pages. Was it last oh. last issue? It's going to be it's going to be a massive. Uh, That's going issue. to need a whole reread beforehand. Though. Yeah, until definitely. I forget what happened in issue one. It was that yeah. long ago. I uh, I got all my Doomsday Clock issues together in my uh, recent massive and coordinated move with my brother of my comic collection from a spare room to an attic. Uh, which involved a pulley system and the Gamer pulley system. <laughs> Miller Engineering is what we're calling it. So uh, my, my comic collection is now much more accessible. Uh, so I was able to pull out some stuff. Uh, yeah. Tell you what, though, speaking of James Clock, the Watchmen TV show. Haven't yes. started Give it a watch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that is all I'll say. So who watches The Watchmen? Clearly Raleigh McCann's Raleigh watches, McCann's watches The Watchmen. Straight, straight on it, like, straight on it. Got the first Very two episodes good, yeah. there in the old the old Skybox, so... I recently found the password to my parents' Skygo account, so I will be watching The Watchmen. <laughs> Was it Watchmen? No, they're not that inventive. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, yeah, the DC previews, but not a whole lot of new, brand new stuff. I mean, they seem to be top-loading it quite heavy with Wonder Woman 750. Uh, DC love their sort of you know, big issues and being able to do a lot of variants, that kind of thing. I did notice with Wonder Woman they are going to do the decades variants. Yes, that's a problem. And again, it, it wasn't something maybe I was that interested in, but then I see the artists who are working on the covers, such as Olivier Coppel, Jenny Frisson, J. Scott Campbell, Bram Boland, Jim Middleton. Lee, Joshua Middleton. So there's a lot of good stuff there, and I believe Steve Orlando is moving on to Wonder Woman after this as oh, his new writer. Interesting. And oh, cool. Given his great work on Martian Manhunter at the moment, and also Gotham City Monsters, I'd be interested possibly in that. I always wanted to get into more Wonder Woman stuff, but Rebirth would have been the ideal point to jump on. But Rebirth was terrible the way they did it. I hated oh, the way they did it. That was back and forth between yeah, two stories, was, wasn't it? Yeah. So like the, I liked that. No, I hated that because you know given the amount given the volume we read it can be hard enough sometimes remembering what happened in a previous issue Never let alone two issues ago while having a different story in between it's maybe something they would have done with action comics and superman or detective and batman if they had have launched a sensational comics again they could have done the origin stuff with wonder woman but yeah it's like i think it was just or they could have launched two different titles wonder woman origin and wonder woman yeah Really good, yeah. I just I just wasn't a fan of it, and that was there was great talent involved. Greg Rucka was writing, uh-huh, yeah. uh, Liam Sharp was on art. Uh-huh. There was great talent. It just that I thought it, I found it very jarring. Uh, then you've also got Birds of Prey. Just a quick word on it: it was originally going to be a three-issue miniseries. They seem to have put it all together into a prestige format one-shot, written by Bran Azzarello, art by Manuela Lupicino. So that might be one to keep an eye for. Isn't there a movie or a TV show? Yeah, there's a Harley Quinn movie that has uh, got cameos in uh, Birds of Prey. Uh, we'll not mention that title because that'll be mentioned later. Will that title <laughs> be mentioned later? And then, yeah, very quickly, you're now just into the ongoing. So, yeah, it's not to say there's not good stuff in the DC book. There is, you know, you know, action comics continuing, Curse of the White Knight continuing. 
loads of good stuff in there Batman Superman which that series oh, has been a delight strong yeah. stuff well, again Joshua Williamson yeah you know Flash and uh, a number of other things yeah it's been an absolute delight and yeah. there was something Third Issue was out this month was that right Third yes. Issue was yeah. wonderful yeah. it really was yeah yeah and interesting enough I was talking to someone about that in the store today I think it was Tommy uh Batman Superman's been a massive surprise in store when it first launched we had 9 people on the pull list there's mm-hmm. now 37 that mm-hmm. series grew so quickly mm-hmm. it's probably the biggest growing series I've seen since what's we interesting was the end of uh, end of issue 3 seems to have pushed into the whole year of the villain thing yeah I'm so interested to see where that's going and I just love the way Williamson writes the Batman Superman dynamic it's just it's yes. great He's, yeah. they, they sound fantastic. like totally different characters yeah. with tons of history behind them and all sorts uh Sorry, Keith, it still seems to be Rick Grayson at Nightwing at this point. But I it know. looks like there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's <laughs> getting there. It does feel a wee bit lighty at the end of the tunnel and <laughs> uh, and certainly there's a, there, our, our Nightwing. Uh, yeah. Dick Grayson appears in the Nightwing Annual, which was released this month as well. And then one thing I just want to highlight just quickly is there seems to be a, a nice little push on some original graphic novels for younger readers. Something we're going to be doing in the store over the next couple of weeks is we, we are getting a lot of younger readers coming in, which is great to see. So we're going to be creating a certain section in the store for younger readers, um, which will focus on things like DC Superhero Girls, the Marvel Action stuff, Batman Little Gotham, you know, Black Canary, all this kind of stuff. But there are three new titles here, Batman Overdrive, uh, DC Superhero Girls, Parlous, and the third one, which I flicked past too quickly, called the Oracle Code. So these seem to be good introductions to characters, and then you know as people grow up, hopefully enjoying these, we can then recommend where to go from there. Uh, and then yeah, you've again you've you've lots of good stuff in DC, just not lots of starting points. Uh, just finish off by saying there are a couple of great trades on the way. There's a great looking Animal Man trade in there by Grant Morrison, book one. Another chance to buy a White Knight. Yep, yeah, uh, with a, a new hardcover deluxe edition. Uh, absolute Fables. Fables is now getting the absolute treatment, and you know what I say about an absolute edition that uh, you're killing? No, I don't know what he said. No, you say once you buy an absolute, you never go back. Was that. Uh Please. Volume one of uh, Grant Morrison's Animal Man there as well. Oh yes, I mentioned mm-hmm. that you were too busy flicking through the uh, Marvel book. I was going to go say you could <laughs> check in our archives for the old uh, Fables review that we did. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. There's a Fables book club, and that is a, a series that I think delighted Keith and I. I'm not. I like that Roddy's the one that mentioned it, and he's the one who well. probably liked it the least. <laughs> yeah, I'm all about the self promotion for the public. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's a great Green Arrow uh, story in there being put in the trade again uh, called Year One, which was Andy Diggle and Jock. Took a lot of um, the TV show Arrow took a lot of elements from that. Really great read, six issue mini series. Recommend that highly. Uh, another couple of wee trades there. Nice wee Swamp Thing one uh, worth mentioning. They've been collecting the tales from the Dark Multiverse at that stage as well. Best of all, look at that statue. Oh, very nice Catwoman statue Catwoman from Batman 50 statue oh the wedding dress with <laughs> uh, Joel Jones genuinely yeah. surprised me how much I actually like that normally it's a you know Superman Batman statue that's it Yeah. but that, that caught me off guard just how well it is and Vicky will be buying me that whether she knows it or not <laughs> do you need the do you need the I'm sure there's a partnering uh, Bruce Wayne I really really do hope so I uh, not as yet but we shall see they're in, they're, I like that it's on a page where it's a scary looking Todd McFarlane all cute <laughs> Batman on one side and Are then they this really elegant, elegant beautiful you know, Catwoman they're to a slightly different scale unfortunately yeah so, so the, Catwoman just makes Batman look like short 
Yeah, is Bruce Wayne only five yet? You know, we have to wonder now. You know, mm. uh, but yeah, as that that's pretty much it from us from DC. Apart from obviously, we will uh, go into a bit more detail on our own picks for the board. So, so overall, you'd say not a lot of jumping on points, but not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it, some sometimes it's good because it gives people a chance to catch up on what they have. We we have a lot of guys who have big pull lists, and they're. A lot of people have that fear of missing out, so they pick something up, but then maybe they don't get a chance to read it straight away. Mm. So it's maybe a good chance to just continue enjoy, continue enjoying your ongoings, but not a lot of new stuff to jump on. So it's almost uh, massive trade section, though. Yeah, yeah. good, good trade. Section. Very much so. And I mean, then you, as you say, you know, you've got the ongoings. You've got Williamson on Batman and Superman on the Flash. You know, you've got. Uh, I think Bendis is doing. Yeah, everything. Everything, everything, everything Bendis is doing point. on Superman. You know the. The uh, Batman stuff, you know, uh, Bat-, Bat Family stuff, Batman Beyond, yeah. which, which I would say is probably the best, the best DC book that none of you are reading, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, so there's some really good, really strong stuff in there. Yeah. But as you say, um, I think we have found over the past year or so doing this podcast that it swings and roundabouts. There's some months you'll get it's all jumping on points for DC and obviously yeah, yeah, in the previews yeah. podcast we went, we like to highlight jumping on points yeah, to get yeah. people involved and stuff you know so it's all jumping on points in DC but not in Marvel and then you know two or three months later it'll be all jumping on it's points in Marvel but not in DC and I think that's interesting just given that it is the start of the new year that that's yeah. that's where the balance lies you know so well that's that's very true I mean if you go back a couple of months for the solicitations for what was coming out in October this week's been a pretty big week for us because you had uh, Killer um, Killer Smile, the Joker uh, new series, so new number one. You had Last God, a new Swords and Sorcery number one. You had the Tales in the Dark Multiverse stuff, all number one one-shots. But with Marvel, we're slap-bang in the middle of absolute carnage, for example. The X-Men stuff is now launched. So Still four first issues of that to come yeah, out. Three or four, three, yeah, three. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Mm-hmm. Swings and roundabouts. And as we mentioned, swings and roundabouts, the Marvel book this month. You want to swing this way? Tons of it. Sweet. Um, so, um, Marvel, I think, are starting 2020 strong. Uh, the, it is 2020, and uh, the, the cover is uh, even their, 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 the year is dominated by the, the two cogs and the zeros of 2020, <coughs> representing Iron Man 2020, which will be starting this month. Um, they've got some great creators uh, at the minute in the stable with uh, Donny Cates and Al Ewing and Jason Aaron, Patrick Gleason and Spider-Man. You know, there's some real great creators at Marvel. They're sort of, the way I'm looking at it is they're moving their chess pieces around. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, so you've got all these great creators, some of them starting on new things, as Roddy says, you know, moving chess pieces around, which we'll, we'll talk about in a wee minute. Um, Solid range of continuing titles. Um, there's a whole raft of new series and one shots and mini series in this. So uh, the the twenty twenty launch is headlined, I think, by the relaunch of Thor: He Who Holds the Hammer uh, by Donny Cates, uh, a favorite of ours, uh, and uh, Nick Klein with with covers by the absolutely sublime Olivier Coupiel. Um So I mean, Cates, Donny Cates is big shoes to fill from my point of view. Uh, he's fallen on from from Jason Aaron, uh, and that that fantastic run that I just cannot say enough about. Um, I'll notice. I'll just point out that Marvel have started collecting that in trade paperbacks, about twenty or thirty issues ago. 
Interesting. Be, uh, yeah, Interesting. okay. Um, there's no doubt to it's me. Right, you, know. you can buy me it for Christmas. <laughs> it's fine. Is that the first mention of Christmas it's this podcast? Fine. Oh, it's about four. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it wasn't me this time. Um, you can't, can't get angry. This, Bert, is pre- this is previews for January. Christmas is over. Well, I mean, January, my birthday is in January. So all right, fine. all right, fair enough, fair enough. So, anyway, I mean, there's no doubt that Donny Kitts is the chops for this. He's, he's worked closely with, with Jason Aaron, you know, over the whole over his whole run, you know, the the stuff that he's done with Silver Surfer Black, the yeah. stuff that he has done with uh, Venom, which is all linked to the Necrosword and the All Black and the stuff that Jason Arnold was doing. Um, it was a character-defining run. I was initially, uh, initially the cover image, uh, which is just beautiful cover image, but it, it had me a wee bit on edge because I noticed that Thor has got two eyes and two arms, and at the end of... Uh, Donny Cates running, including King, or in the end of uh, Jason Aaron's running, including King Thor, he has one eye and one arm. So you, you immediately go, Are you not? What, what, hold are on, you now, I need, everything? you know, I'm a Marvel guy, I need continuity here, you know. But uh, the gorgeous the gorgeous preview pages uh, immediately put my uh, immediately put my 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 soul at rest uh, <laughs> because uh, we're going to see why one armed, one eyed Thor now has two arms and two eyes. I mean, he is the All Father. So, I mean, that's probably not a big issue for him, but anyway, you know. Um, what, what I will say about Thor number one certainly is that we find a lot of people in store, for example, don't want to jump on Tom King's Batman run because it's a couple of years into it and they feel they have to catch up with it. So, as highly as you talk about Jason Aaron's Thor run, a lot of people are maybe like, he's five years into this. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I totally I'll wait for a new one. So, this seems like the perfect part to jump on. To. Yes, absolutely. You know, people love Donny Cates right now. Stuff with Absolute Carnage is wonderful, as you said. Silver Surfer Black. Yeah. Um. So in a way, I think this and is Guardians. a massive opportunity for people to jump yeah, on. The I, I totally agree. You're jumping on Caleb. Is that yes, right? it will be. Yeah. I am exactly like that with uh, just an Orange Thor run. I've read bits and pieces from and through issues I've picked up here and there, usually because of variant covers, which are my weakness. But it was epic. It felt like too much to take on midway through the run. As he said, they're being collected, so they're definitely going yeah. to be taken. Um, I love Thor stuff, and I just happened to miss the start of the run. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, that's the thing. I wasn't terribly, terribly into Thor stuff until just well, the new Loki really, series that came yeah. out. I, it's set after War of the Realms. Mm. I picked up it, and it's brilliant. Mm. I mean, so. and there, there are a couple of jumping on points during. Aaron's run, you know, there's the start, there's uh, where Jane Foster becomes Thor, there, you know, there's so there are a, a number of, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's going to be good stuff. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is relaunching uh, in January 2020 with uh, the big green hands of Al Ewing on the helm. Uh, friendly Neighborhood Spider Man's Juan Cabal is going to be the artist, um, and it looks like they're going to be guarding the galaxy against the return of the Gods of Olympus. Um, Gods of Olympus were last seen in the Marvel Universe. This is Hercules Lot. Um, uh, Zeus and the boys and girls um, so they were last seen in Avengers No Surrender which was co-written by Al Ewing yeah. and they were wiped out during that, that story so it'd be interesting to see what the you know, so. yeah I see Rocket's back which is interesting given the current run is the current arc is the, the death, death of, of Rocket, Rocket. Yeah. Uh, so and he's wearing a rather flashy uh, white suit you know white uh, white three piece um, you know so that's uh, a tire bow tie uh, he's open shirt collar, <laughs> same as I would go, you know. So, uh, not that I, I'm not a kid. Um, so, uh, <laughs> off the bag of Absolute Carnage, which will be finished at this stage, Frank Thierry is, relaun- is launching 
a Ravencroft series, so he's launching that with three one-shots called The Ruins of Ravencroft and a five-issue mini-series, which is the core the core series. Um, and Marvel's then complementing that with their True Believers line. You know, every month, if something's launching, they'll tend to have True Believers, yeah. so there's been a lot of X-Men, lot of X-Men stuff recently, stuff recently, you know. Uh, and now, there was so, a lot of carnage yeah. running the launch traps. Of so, for those who don't know, Ravencroft is Marvel's uh, institution for the criminally insane. Um, so it is the Marvel version of the much more uh, prestigious Arkham Asylum. It's never been treated the same way as Arkham is. So Arkham is more or less in the books it appears. Arkham's a character, like Arkham's a character in Batman, you know. And there's a huge back history with uh, you know the the Arkham family oh, and the Arkham family and all that. So Ravencroft's not that. But I wonder if Frank Thierry is sort of thinking, oh, I say this is a, we've missed a trick here. Yeah, explored, so. yeah. Absolute Carnage featured Arkham, featured Ravencroft. Um, in the issue one, wasn't it? Yeah, when they were yeah, going to get Norman uh, Osborn. Osborn. Yeah, so so Norman Osborn has been uh, a visitor to Arkham, a guest of Arkham. Carnage was incarcerated. Ravencroft. Yeah. Ravencroft. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. See, it's easily done. So uh, Cletus Cassidy was incarcerated in Ravencroft whenever the alien symbiote, the symbiote, the Venom symbiote, broke Eddie Brock, his cellmate, out and left behind an egg that became Carnage um, or a piece of it that became Carnage um, a lot of Spider-Man villains have been incarcerated there um, and it used to be the uh, Spider-Man's um, I guess uh, yeah, not his confidant someone he used to hang out with you know and used to get a lot of information from uh, I believe Ashley Kafka was the she was the, the head of Ravencroft at the time so um, so it looks like Marvel's going to go a wee bit dark with this Um the main character is Jonah Jameson's number one son, Werewolf by Night, John Jameson, who in the Absolute Carnage series uh, was a lackey of Carnage's. He was possessed yeah. by Carnage, so obviously it's going to be a wee bit of a redemption story, you know, and and that. So that could be interesting, um, and it's interesting because we were listening to the Stegman and his Amazing Friends podcast. Mm-hmm. Frank Terry didn't mention it. No, you know. So this is obviously. Uh, that yeah, I mean, um, he's he's been getting on very well with Donny Cates. He writes a lot of the Web of Venom one shots. That's right. Uh, yeah. He wrote at least three of the tie-ins. I think perhaps he was the Carnage, protectors, the protectors, yeah. um, and there was a couple more. I think this just missed out on being on my sort of top five uh, picks for the board because Keith and I were chatting about it today. Marvel don't really do dark a lot. Yeah. You take Venom and Carnage out of the equation. There's nothing that's dark and adult and maybe a wee bit creepy. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I think this is yeah definitely right for a good series so uh, it just missed out my picks but yeah I'll definitely be yeah I mean those those one shots those three one shots are also written by Frank Thierry Captain America Sabretooth and is it Carnage Uh, yeah yeah yeah, the ruins of of Ravencroft Um, the end were a series of books that were published by Marvel between about 2002 and 2007 Uh, I mean reading comics in the Marvel and DC Milieu, especially maybe not so much indie, but certainly ongoing characters. You know that their stories are never going to end. You know, Spider Man's story hasn't ended except in life story. You know, it hasn't ended in sixty years. You know, yeah. there's, there's Marvel characters been about for eighty years, and because the status quo always has to be reset, so you know you can you can read the next story. You know, but what the end did, what the these series this this series of series did was it 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 took you to the end of the story. Um, and showed you how those characters, those characters, you know how their stories were gonna were gonna end. Um, so, uh, and that you know, Chris Claremont, for example, did 
three six six miniseries that ended the X-Men this is how the X-Men story is going to end we saw how uh, the Hulk was going to end and how Iron Man was going to end and how all these things were going to finish and Marvel's relaunching that as a series of one shots this month in, in January 2020 so they're starting the year by showing the end of their heroes <laughs> which is kind of interesting so we have the final stories of Captain America Venom Captain Marvel Miles Morales Spider-Man Doctor Strange and Deadpool um, so that's going to be Long interesting pause there at the end yeah, uh-huh. and, <laughs> you know and uh, in the trade section they're, re- they're, they're retrading a lot of those original end stories from 2002 through 2007 which were Wolverine Fantastic Four Hulk and Iron Man those were series you know 6 or 10 or 12 or 18 issue limited series these are just one shots so it's going to be interesting to see and the covers are all done by the same guy Raza uh, the same mm-hmm. person Raza covers are gorgeous um, all the X titles are in full flow well, will the completionist in you mean that you will have to pick up the Deadpool one definitely not <laughs> <laughs> because I would have to start a Deadpool to complete it <laughs> Did that give you tremendous pleasure to see the end of him though that's no it's, it's not that I, I just I'm not interested in him. <laughs> I'm not interested I don't know if that's worse than hitting somebody but I'm really just not interested <laughs> you know uh, so the X titles or new X titles all the six X titles are in full flow in January uh, yep. in issue five or six picked up X-Men Marauders and Excalibur, Excalibur. I haven't read it yet but uh, it's really good to be able to say X titles again because you haven't been able to do that since the 90s there's a whole yeah. raft of X titles cool uh, looking forward to talking a wee bit more about Powers and House yeah uh, for sure Roddy will leave here tonight with my copies <laughs> oh, whether yeah. he likes it or not there we go uh, what else Ed Breeson is uh, launching his Avengers of the Wasteland mini which I think is five issues it's the Avengers but set in the Old Man Logan uh, sort of world um, and there's a new Defenders and Avengers miniseries by Alan Davis uh, ongoing series Avengers continue under Jason Aaron Conan continues under Jason Aaron, oh, nice. still going really well. Uh, and I saw, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I thought there's like a new artist or something, is there? Oh, I didn't huh? notice. Uh, I didn't notice. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start. We'll uh, we'll we'll look into that. Yeah, I'm sure. But I, I think will, there's something. It might might even be a different writer on Savage Sword, but I okay. know they keep messing it around. Yeah, Jerry but, Duggan was on that for a long time, yeah. and the uh, Conan the Barbarian. Uh, no, Jason Aaron, the Mad Azrar. We're in good shape there. Never mind. Okay. No. Could have been stand down, stand down. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> this is what happens when you're winging it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Avengers are in space for a space-based, TR-based uh, star brand story. Uh, Immortal Hulk hits thirty. Uh, it's just been fantastic so far. I don't know if you've read issue twenty-five yet. On the pod, uh, I'm really interested to see where that story is going after issue twenty-five because that was something else. Um, Doctor Doom by Chris Cantwell. That first issue was fantastic. Looking forward to reviewing it. So that'll be a number four. Fantastic Four by Don Dan Slots finishing up uh, an arc, the Point of Origin arc. We talked about that in the last review show. And Valkyrie, which is also by Al Ewan, is probably is probably the best Marvel book you're not reading. Uh, that is so good, Jane Foster Valkyrie. That is solid, solid stuff. Um, January finishes the Abrams Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yes. yep. If uh, the first two issues and go by and the quality stays up, that's going to so be far, yeah. that's going to be a tearful finish. Um, and trade-wise, great mix of new issues, old issues, and reissues that are connected to releases. 
So the original EarthX by Alex Ross and Jim Kruger is coming out. Um, there's a beautiful looking treasury edition of uh, History of the Marvel Universe. Makes me <laughs> wish that I hadn't bought the... Uh, but the singles you can just do both it's I know like, I can, like, like yeah. me with Silver Surfer it's Black like, it looks like one of those books you could just leave on your table and just people could flick through when they come into your house <laughs> except all... you'd be like don't touch them <laughs> yeah, you know, so, uh, you get don't, a big enough yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well yeah, yeah. you can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can just use the black label poly bags <laughs> so there is a good use for them <laughs> uh, Dawn of X trade paperback is collecting the first six of all of the new X titles which is kind of interesting I'm interested in getting that and I mean, the, the question was, are they going to release volume two? All the second, you know, all the second all issues. Thirds, like, is that how much they're connected? Um, as I say, the end trade paperbacks from the original end series are, are coming out. Um, Aaron's complete uh, Thor collection has been collected. And Kieran Gillen's Uncanny X-Men. I had forgotten Kieran Gillen wrote Uncanny X-Men. And that's because... You sound very wounded by that. Well, no, I, I hadn't realised because at the time, Kieran Gillen was not someone who was maybe on my radar. And something like Die or, or Once in Future puts... And then you suddenly go, I need to go back and find those issues. Is watching Vader those. Yeah, so... Yeah, Vader, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, yeah, he Marvel... also did this title um, called Die. It's really, really good. We, I, don't, we I, th- I can honestly say I have never mentioned it on we this podcast. We never talk about it. Um, <laughs> so, well, yeah, that's Marvel. Well, one title you did just flick past there, I should just throw out a bit of love for is uh, Venom will be continuing its Venom Island storyline. Oh, yeah, yeah. Post, post, post absolute carnage. The main reason to sort of mention is that I believe Stegman is coming off the art and it's Mark Begley. That, for a few I mean, although I'll miss Stegman, I am really glad to see Mark Bagley, Bagley and anything. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Bagley is. One of the old school. He's one of the uh, you know uh, well loved from by me from his time on uh, Thunderbolts mm-hmm. uh, back in the in the nineties. Uh, that that Thunderbolts run was just fantastic, and he did. He's he's, he's one of my he's one of my favourite Spider-Man artists. The life story is probably my main yeah. exposure yeah. to him. Yeah, and that's not a bad exposure. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, Keith was watching the store for us this Saturday. I should just throw this out there. Uh, he let Vicky and I have a well-deserved break for a couple hours mm-hmm. uh, and I came back in on Monday and realised I had one Spider-Man Life Story trade left because he was recommended to everybody I think I sold three <laughs> <laughs> I was just kind of walking out with Spider-Man Life Story but you know what there's definitely worse things to be walking out with it was, uh, it was the poor lady that came in uh, that came in uh, looking to spend I think about eight pounds uh, on uh a Captain, Captain America, America Captain America pack for uh, for her son-in-law. Mm-hmm. Her son-in-law was a Captain America fan, so she was looking at this cat, and I, uh, I was like, "But hold on, there <laughs> he is appears this, in six pages. He, 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 here's here, here's this Captain America Wonder Soldier trade." And uh, she, was, I was like, "This, oh, is, well, this well. is this is what this is a Brubaker. This is what the the movie was based on." And I went honestly for me as a Marvel fan, I went, "This would be premier Captain America." You know, is there only Captain America's interest in Because this is also fantastic. So she left the store with with a Winter Soldier trade paperback and a bit of a Spider Man Life Story trade paperback. That son in getting a great present. He really is. You know. See, you all think I'm the only one who's a bad influence in that store, but you know, <laughs> it's nice to know that. Uh, <laughs> that's how I know the stores in safe hands uh, yeah so that's DC that's Marvel how's the indie stuff looking this month Roddy uh, well it's looking interesting shall we say and it's looking like something I don't really know much about and I would say most people around the table do not know much about because the big the big 
thing for this month with an is it really indie as well it's maybe I don't know where you would put uh, this company like Valiant's it, still very indie I mean indie, Valiant's yeah. below just because a superhero would... doesn't make it indie it doesn't make yeah, it yeah indie, yeah that's yeah. right um, but yeah we're looking the covers Valiant so 2020 seems to be a big year for them they obviously have the uh, Bloodshot film coming out with Vin Diesel which looks like a very Vin Diesel-esque movie <laughs> But it um, looks really interesting, so there's a lot going on there. Um, yeah, I'm going to try my best it. to have a lot of information on the Valiant stuff in the store because, because it, se- it seems really interesting. It seems like they're going for a sort of re relaunch. I know the universe is all connected, and you can yeah. you can. There's already number ones and trades of everything, but from what I was reading, there's a lot of new number ones, and there's a lot of great talent working on it. So. It even says, um, whether you're a long-time Valiant fan or a new reader looking to experience the most exciting superhero universe in comics today, 2020 is a countless year that will raise the bar on comics. And it's also each month, Valiant will be debuting a brand new series for iconic characters. So people like, uh, is it X, X-Zero Man of War or X-O Man of War? X-O Man of War. Shadow yeah. Man, Ninjak and The Harbinger. Um, and then Punk Mambo and Savage um, all names that don't really mean a lot to me but I know they mean a lot to certain people um, but there's a lot of a lot of great talent there there's um, Dennis Hopeless Hallam which we've obviously talked a lot about and Emilio Lazo from Star Wars um, they're doing the new XO Man of War series so yeah it looks big push for, big push for Valiant in 2020 yeah and they also have Dan Abnett so I was just looking there All Tim right. Seeley Mark Lemming um, yeah it looks interesting there's I know they last last year they launched Rye I think that was Dan yeah. Abnett um, and I think he's doing Bloodshot as well so yeah so they've pulled on some they've pulled on some creators like I think it could be they could be in for a sleeper hit this year with, right. if they play their cards right don't know how the movie's gonna go but um, yeah there's a lot of exciting a lot of excitement there and I think what we're saying about the jumping on points mm-hmm. like this is the perfect opportunity to get into Valiant and it's obviously a slippery slope because you may have to go <laughs> to go back to all the other stuff but yeah. it's a <laughs> slippery slope I don't know if it's a uh, is it a soft relaunch of the universe or is it just a continuation? I'm not too sure, but I guess... I'd imagine with them saying whether you're a long-term Valiant fan, I would imagine there'll be respect for the past there. Yeah. It won't just be a clean, forget everything you know, you know, like a Marvel <laughs> tagline or something, you know? <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, no, I heard you. Yeah. I'm not... I'm not the... He's not yeah, um, there's nothing... No events. I mean, we were... For ages in the previous book, it was always uh, Halloween Comic Fest, but that came and went and was very successful, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Apart from that, um, I think it's. I would say all the indie stuff is quite similar to the DC stuff this month. Yeah. There is a couple of really exciting looking number ones from Image, but for me, when I was looking through it, that's kind of it. Um, all the. I think this this month's indie is more this is the one where you want to catch up in your graphic novels yeah. there's a lot a lot of good stuff be it from Image from IDW their their um, indie kind of IDW indie series um, so yeah there's a lot lot to look forward to a couple of great number ones from Image but a lot of 
a lot of ongoing stuff and even the ongoing stuff it's not really new New York's yeah it's just they're You're in, in the, the middle, middle of, of the arcs so we're so, farmhand and it's like and we're, you know it's it's not a bad yeah. thing yeah. You, can, you can jump into the number ones but it's it's kind of nice isn't it because we're always talking about you know events and then the complaint is when do these books ever settle and and, and, yeah, and, yeah. and just tell their story you know what I mean and I guess that's the period where, where we are here certainly with, with a lot of the indie books that we're following and, and the DC books yeah no, definitely yeah I mean, the, I mean I would say within these stuff we've uh, we've sort of started this new tab system for maximum efficiency to get through what we're looking for and there's a lot of stuff all three all four of us sorry have recommended so the, think, you know yeah, we'll def, definitely go into a bit more detail on that it's the winner for the other books so what do you mean look at those yeah, let me set that DC book back down <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah but it's, it's always going to be the winner yeah, isn't yeah. it because it's the biggest book yeah, absolutely yeah, um, we could probably launch into picks because I don't really have a lot more to say on it. Yeah, that's that's fair. Uh, yeah, so we're going to try this new system where we're, we'll pick five things for the board. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of our picks, but we're, we're going to just look at four of them and go around the table. And then we're going to finish off with what our biggest recommendation for the month is. We understand with comics that everybody has different budgets. Everybody has different sort of, you know... Some people need to read 60 books a month. Some people are happy reading five books a month. So we wanted to then break it down to what we think is the premium titles of the month for us anyway. But if we're looking at the five, uh, uh, sorry, the first four picks, uh, I'll throw out my picks first. The first one is a Marvel book, uh, which is Amazing Spider-Man, Daily Bugle. Uh, I've never read so much bloody Spider-Man in my life. Thank you very much, Mr. Miller. (laughs) My pleasure. so this is a title it's spinning out of Amazing Spider-Man it's written by uh, a writer called Matt Johnson uh, it's someone I'm not overly familiar with I must admit uh, and then art by Mac Chater it does have a rather beautiful uh, Mark Begley cover the reason I'm looking forward to this one is the and Keith will back me up here on this one of the sort of surprise hits for us this year has been Lois Lane yeah, uh, big style, yeah. Investigative journalism within a superhero world. And that's what this must that's what this seems to be. Uh, so the journalist must speak truth to power, whether or not it's wielded responsibly. Held by Peter Parker's mentor, Robbie Robertson, the Daily Bugle staff is a last chase in stories that matter, and in a city under Mayor Wilson Fisk, another status quo I love in the Marvel Universe at the moment is Mayor Fisk. Mm-hmm. we'll get on the Daredevil 12 mm-hmm. on our yeah, reviews yeah. podcast uh, keeping the public informed is as essential as it is dangerous weaving between the events in Amazing Spider-Man and Daredevil hey I'm reading both those series <laughs> uh, uh, these guys are following a lead into Kingpin and Spider-Man's past that will change the way you look at the webs, web slinger now and as the story continues so that's going to be a five issue mini series I just love these sort of uh, these sort of titles. Marvels was another example, you know, point of view within that you know yeah, universe. Yeah, yep. Um, it um, reminds me of I have the first graphic novel. I never got the entire series. A series called The Pulse. Yeah. Which was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It That's is. Right. I think it's The Pulse is a um, it, it's a not a column but it's a section within the Daily Bugle yeah, that, is, that yeah. focuses yeah. on the superheroes yes, yeah. that's right, uh, reporting yeah. on the superheroes yeah. and it's utterly fantastic the first uh, the first one anyway um, Bendis I think Brian Michael Bendis wrote it he did yeah he did yeah. can't remember the artist yeah, name on right. it but um, reminds me of that I, I, I love that yeah, stuff yeah. But, um, 
definitely what Alan was saying. If you take, if you just change the perspective one wee bit and you see the world from another well, I mean, perspective, that, that, that's just exactly what we're talking about. That's what Marvels was all about. It was yeah, about that yeah. change of perspective and looking at the entire timeline of the Marvel universe through that change perspective. Yeah, through the eye of the camera, yeah. you know, through the uh, Phil Sheldon, you know. Uh, and then just two other quick ones I'll throw out. These were actually Vicky's picks rather than myself, but both in the Marvel book. One is the Incredible Hulk number 180, uh, facsimile edition, uh, written by Lane Wein, uh, penciled by Herb Trim. Uh, <laughs> I do have to laugh that they are quoting this as the first appearance of Wolverine. Uh, <laughs> he appears right at the very end. He appears in one panel at the very end, and then 181 is sort of recognised as the official kind which of is, first which appearance. Which is funny, because they kind of... They, they, they sort of poke fun at that in uh, Marvel's One Thousand. Wow. You know where they had him on the other side of the camera. Yeah. They pulled Andrew him the left. <laughs> hey, Bob. <laughs> yeah. So these facsimile editions, I think, are a lot of fun. I think it's a nice uh, look into the past. I love that they recreate the adverts as well as the um, the story itself. And otherwise, you're not going to be able to afford these issues. So I think these have been really fun. Uh, the other one that Vicky had picked was Jessica Jones. Which she actually stole off me. I'm not too, uh, you know, backwards about saying. Kelly Thompson. Kelly Thompson writing and Mattia de Ilius uh, on art. Uh, Jessica Jones is a character that, I'll be honest, I've read very little of. But when it comes to the Marvel TV shows, I still think Jessica Jones season one is the best season of any of them I've watched yeah. so far. And I'm as far as we just finished season two of it actually, and we're watching them in order. Um, Jessica Jones, another Brian Michael Bendis yep. Uh, yep. creation, yep. I believe. Uh, so this one, it's going to be a six-issue mini-series and uh, kicks off with uh, the storyline is called Blind Spot. It says issues one and two out in January. I can only assume January is a five-week month, so that's why you'll get those extra ones. But uh, yeah, it, it, it kicks off with uh, Jessica Jones was once the costume superhero known as Jewel. She sucked at it. Now she's a private investigator at her own firm, Alias Investigations. She sucks less at that. With the purple man gone, her relationship with her husband, Luke Cage, and their daughter, Danielle, is better than ever. But her past always comes knocking, and when a woman whose case she fumbled winds up dead on her office floor, Jessica goes from private investigator to prime suspect. Can't she find the real killer and clear her name? Uh, when did they get married and have a kid? Uh, a bunch of years ago. <laughs> a bunch of years ago. Uh, Danny is now... Uh, like like a toddler or a young young child, yeah. Oh, okay. They during it was during during the uh, during the new the new Avengers run. Ben yeah. new Avengers run. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, man and Vicky's picks for the Marvel section. Just go into the indie stuff quickly. My main pick of the month, Shock Horror, is going to be DC. So we'll get into that later. Uh, but when it comes to the indie stuff, Six Criminals Twenty Six. Sex Criminals is something that I recommend to everybody. I just think it's really irreverent, really funny. Uh, it's written by Matt Fraction, art by Ch our good friend Chip Zdarsky. I mean, I keep, that's funny actually, because I mean that was my first introduction to Chip Zdarsky was the yeah. artist on Sex Criminals. That still amazes I mean, me. Yeah, absolutely. This man was given Daredevil, Spider Man, the Invaders. Um, <laughs> but yet Sex Criminals initially started off uh, as a story about a woman just, who, when she orgasms, time slows down. But she moves through it at normal speed. So she uses this power to rob a bank because she works for a local library that's going to be shut down. That's right, yeah. So she just literally wants to steal the money enough to save the library. It's and very community-minded. But as she goes into the bank, well, there's a guy there called John, and he can do the same thing, and then it goes from there. 
she's never yeah they've never met any either tell them i've ever met anybody who could do this before so yeah so this is the return and the no return. i mean i think that the other point that's worth is whenever they do it together mm-hmm. the effect is multiplied yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the reason i'm looking forward to this uh, other than it just being a great title is that this is uh subtitled the end part one so i believe this is going to run to uh issue 30 uh, but like this is definitely Sadarsky all over like even the introduction in the previews book uh, is a series of bullet points the series it's back John and Sue's also back the bank must be taken down this arc the last gasp bullet lists how do you turn them off in Microsoft Word <laughs> uh, so is this is this the end this of Six Criminals, six criminals yeah. well, great I will collect that once it finishes I will, yeah. I'll, I'll get that absolute editions on mine well I mean if you want the big editions they're called the big hard sex criminals perfect there are two volumes so far and then there's going to be another I just love this stuff I actually collect the not safe for work not safe for home not safe for fucking anything oh my god variants that okay. I do every month <laughs> Uh, and they get a guest artist each time for those and it's going to be Jason Latour he of Southern Bastards yes uh, so formally yeah, so that is <laughs> formally formally Southern Bastards um, next one for me was uh, there's going to be a new Ghostbusters series launching Ghostbusters year one it's going to be a four issue mini series and what this is is sort of the lead in to the new 2020 movie coming out um there's a, right, that's right. There is a new movie coming out. There is, but it's it's sort of fallen into the the original Ghostbusters canon rather than the you know recently um, established one, uh, which I still haven't seen. I don't know if anybody around the table has seen. I did. Oh, the remake. Was, uh, well, yeah, it was yeah, a movie. It was okay. It was, yeah. was wearing a Ghostbusters. It was. Costume. It was not. It was not an appropriate sequel for Ghostbusters. Yeah, it definitely uh, couldn't be considered a sequel. Yeah, it was too. The 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 tone was wrong. Um, there were points in it that felt just like it was a pure parody. It was. It yeah. didn't feel like they were taking it seriously. Thor was in it though. That was. That's yeah, fair enough. You know, yeah. <laughs> at least it's something nice to look at. Um, yeah, so Ghostbusters Year One. So what this one is, as I said, it's a lead up to the new movie. So in anticipation of the new Ghostbusters feature film coming in summer twenty twenty. There's that date again. Uh, we look back at the boys and Grace first year on the job, showcasing never before seen adventures. After defeating Gozer and becoming heroes of the city, county and state of New York, a publisher has decided to cash in with the biography of the boys in grey and sends a writer to interview them all one at a time. He starts with Winston Zeddemore, the first buster hired into the supernatural startup. Winston relates the story of his very first bust so we can finally know what kind of ahem, stuff that he's seen that will turn him white. <laughs> so I love the format of this. I love that each issue is going to focus on a different Ghostbuster. Uh, it's going to give you some stories you, you didn't know of before. Uh, the writer, Eric Burnham, is a very safe pair of hands. Um, so, yeah, look forward to that. And then my last indie pick is something that I will talk about in our end-of-year podcast when it comes to it. Because this is quite simply an absolute delight of a series, uh, which is called Canto. Um, I'm very enthused by the fact that it's volume one because they announced earlier on Twitter this week it was going to become an ongoing. Uh, so this is written by David Booher and the artist is Drew Zucker. So Canto, it's a very well-worn tale, but it's just told really, really well. Um, I mean, Keith talks often about Keith talks often about Bone mm. being a cross between. Bugs Bunny and Lord of the Rings. Canto is described as a cross between The Wizard of Oz and Dante's Inferno. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> so, 
You, you have my interest, <laughs> sir. So, enslaved for generations, Canto's people once had hearts. Now they have clocks. They are forbidden to love, yet Canto loves a little tin girl. When slavers damage her clock beyond repair, Canto embarks on an incredible journey through his strange and fantastic world to bring back her heart. Uh, it's just wonderful title, brilliant main character that is essentially what looks like a mini knight with just these big eyes coming through and a cloak. Uh, but it's so expressive. I just can't, I can't recommend this enough. Charming title, full of heart, full of imagination and great for all ages as well. So when that hits trade, uh, I will be pushing the hell out of that in the store for, for readers of all ages. Uh, and I'm really happy that it's going to continue as well. Uh, so yeah, so that was the end of my picks. I'll just throw in Vicky's ones quickly as well. She had an image title first up, which was Space Bandits. This is one I can get behind as well. This is Mark Miller uh, on writing duties, Matteo Scalera, he of Black Science fame. I wish I'd read that instead of reading Shaggy the Bounty Hunter. Having read the two of them, I would agree Space Bandits is better. Mm. Um, First issue that was really, really funny. I never read anymore, but yeah, it was I great. Throw your mind if you, if, if you want. Um, it was basically about two different women on different sides of the galaxy who had been wronged by people who then came together with a plan to get back at the people who wronged them. Uh, yeah, just, just a lot of fun. Five issues, brilliant art, and really good world building as well for just five issues. Uh, another one Vicky was talking about, looking forward to, was Quantum and Woody. So we were discussing the the Valiant relaunch. Oh, yeah. So Quantum and Woody, I have a lot of I have a bit of experience with Quantum and Woody. I um I have some of their series from I think it was around two thousand fourteen. They're essentially two half brothers who hate each other. You've got Quantum, who is like a government agent, just wants to save the world, takes his job really seriously, and Woody, he's the classic sort of family fuck up. But this uh, experiment happens that gives them both superpowers but they both end up with these bracelets on their arm and unless they clang them together every 24 hours they both die <laughs> so even though they hate each other they it's have to stay close right, yeah. uh, so it's the classic mismatched superhero pair and it also has a goat in it that comes along for the ride a lot a lot of fun a lot of humour to it uh, I will look forward to that myself as well uh, as part of what we were talking about with Valiant there and uh, maybe jumping into that and I'll then finish off with an original graphic novel Vicky was looking at called All My Friends Are Ghosts. Um, this one might interest you, Roddy, actually. It's from the writer of Iron or The War After. Oh, right. Okay, cool. Um, that was fantastic. Uh, S.M. Vidori. Uh, it's illustrated by Hannah Krager. Uh, yeah, sounds like a really charming little story. And also, again, I hope this is going to be another All Ages title. So Effie runs away from home and discovers a ghost school in the nearby woods. But just as she's beginning to learn all about the amazing things that ghosts can do, like possession, poltergeisting, uh, poltergeisting, that should I mean, uh, demon magic and more, Effie is asked by her new friends to help track down a mysterious spirit that's been spotted. But if Effie's going to succeed, she'll not only have to show her friends that she's got something special, but also learn to believe she's got it too. Uh, Eisner award-winning writer S.M. Vidori, um, artist Hannah Krager, new original graphic novel about discovering what makes you special and helping others be seen for who they are. So yeah, looks like a charming little uh, 160-pager. Uh, that one's actually an advanced solicit. It's not showing until March. God damn those advanced solicits. <laughs> yeah, they catch you at the last second every time. But the preview art looks really charming, really interesting. 
Uh, yeah, that was one that I, I could get on board with myself. Where are they advanced these things? Do, do they appear again in the regular they, previews? They always the, the, do a re-solicit, but yeah. I think it's for larger items. So right. rather than single issues, because they're putting all their effort into a trade, uh-huh. they want to give them maximum exposure. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that is all from me. I'm going to pass the previous book to Mr. McCants, who will Sweet. take us through his picks. Well, actually, I might need the DC book first. Oh. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Well, Not that Marvel you. book, then. <laughs> Not one, Roddy. It's all right, I may one. be touching <laughs> upon some Marvel stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we'll just get right to it, sure. Um, so Training no kissing my cans. No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh dear. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'm not coming back from that. <laughs> um, yeah, so we are going. Last night I read the very first of Joe Hill's uh, Joe Hill Presents Hill House. And we are going for. Oh well, it's fine. It was going to be my biggest pick, but I'm going to change it actually. Last minute, because I like to wing things. Um, so anyway, last night I read the Black Label, Joe Hill's Hill House comics, right? So they're going to be... This is his uh, pop-up it's his label. his own mini yeah. imprint within yeah. an imprint. Do you um, remember when we started this podcast? I said, does everybody understand the new format? <laughs> and everyone went, yep, absolutely. <laughs> well, to be fair, Keith, Keith put me off. Roddy's, Roddy's decided to wing it. Little uh, Disney. No, I do. I do what I want. <laughs> That sounded yeah. an awful lot like the uh, the cartoon version of Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do what I want to do. Second life. I go where I want to go. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, what on earth are we talking about? So we're talking about Daphne Byrne. This is, I think, this is like the I think that's third the or fourth. fourth. I think there's the Lulu Woods before it. Basketball of Heads. Basketball Heads. The first one. And, and there's definitely one more. Dollhouse. Something like the Dollhouse family. Yeah. 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 So this is the fourth one, uh, written by Laura Marks, who did work on uh, Ray Donovan, The Expanse, and also wrote The Good Fight. Oh wow! So okay. I think this is her. What a TV based yeah, yeah, I think this is her comics comics debut. Um, right. The, there's like the covers, gorgeous looking. There's Very a variant beautiful. cover as well. I think that is by Yasmin Putri. So really looking forward to that. Um, so yeah, artist is Kelly Jones, who's done a bit of the Sandman and Batman Red Rain. So it's uh, a it, creepy looking cover. Yeah, isn't it? Mm. It's like Nosferatu vibe there or something. Yeah, um, yeah. In the gaslit splendor of the late 19th century, New York rage builds inside 14-year-old Daphne. The sudden death of her father has left her alone with her irresponsible, grief-stricken mother, who becomes easy prey for a group of occultists promising to contact her dead husband. While fighting to disentangle her mother from these charlatans, Daphne begins to sense a strange, insidious presence in her own body. An entity with unspeakable appetites. What does brother want? And and could you even stop him if she tried um, when I read the blurb for that I was just like oh my god sign me up um, that is that sounds like something uh, what did you call it like sinister or yeah, insidious uh, insidious um, or one of those sort of yeah, just, yeah, yeah do you know when you read a blurb and you get a bit of chills you're like oh yeah, mm. that, that is the one um, but yeah I think she she talks about it inspired by a lot of Dracula there's an interview with her in the previous book that's quite good but um, read 
uh, basket full of heads last night and really really enjoyed it you got a spooky night last night yeah I sat and read <laughs> comics the entire night yeah. I got my pal from Coffee and Heroes and at about I think it was 8 o'clock just worked through it didn't get through it all but most of it good um, job yeah so looking forward to this one Black Label stuff Black Label's a weird one isn't it As we don't want to get into it but no it's just full of quality yeah <laughs> Quality <laughs> stories, but iffy sizes. The Last God is the right size, though. It is the right size, as is Some, Hellblazer. Somebody told me Last God should be the bigger size. Because I thought Joker Killer Smile was really good, but wasn't necessary. It was almost a smaller size. story. Yeah. See, I know Keelan doesn't agree with me like, on this, but I loved Year One because I thought it suited uh, Romita's large cinematic yeah. style. See, Harleen, I was and like, Harleen really is yeah, incredible. But just putting it out there, if anyone wants the first three issues of Year One, I will happily throw them to you. I do not want. Uh, I own a store. Keith. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, message Keith. Um, it was really funny. <laughs> it was like the first, the only person that wouldn't accept free comics. I did try to spin it as Frank Miller's epic year one. I just didn't specify which year. Year one, one that takes place over thirty years. Mm. Um, but yeah, Harleen for me is, and again, we'll talk about this more on reviews and also end of year. I can say that with a lot of certainty. That's one Harley, of the best Harley times of the year. Dan did to a degree. Dan's story was its weakness, but the art was beautiful. Yeah. But I, I totally agree it is weird. It's very patchy. It's like Yeah, yeah. It's I, I, I do almost wonder if the artists are given the choice and then the or the storytellers are right around the artist. No, um, because yeah, last God smaller <laughs> the Hill House stuff is black. But I mean black label is their new designation for adult titles. Yeah. So it's but you've got much is you've got yeah. at least five titles with that bigger format. You've got Harleen, Joker Harley, Criminal Sanity. You've got Joker Killer Smile. You had Damned. You had Year One. So there probably will be more. Yeah. Um, but I'm digging the stories of Black Label so far, though. That yeah, me too. I'm Last digging. Was amazing. Really? It was, oh. Yeah, I very, very much enjoyed it. it. Oh dear. More, more copies. World building, I hear. More yeah. copies yeah. coming next week, Ronnie. More copies um, coming next. But it's the same with same with um, Joe Hill. It sounds like he's curating something really good here, and I haven't picked up the other two Black Label or the other Hill House comics, but I'm definitely going to seek them out if Alan gets them in the store. Well, it's interesting um, with the Black Label just again because uh, with the Joe Hill stuff, sorry, more uh, specifically, we um, we had decent pre-orders on, but not spectacular. Mm -hmm. But I ordered in quite a lot of extras. We sold out by Thursday morning. So oh, I think people are of the heads, of yeah, basketball heads. So there's more coming next week, but um, it caught me off guard a little bit. I, maybe yeah. it's just because it's Halloween and stuff. Maybe people want a scary story, but hopefully it's the quality is shining through. Yeah, so. I hope so too. Because they haven't, um, especially with these Hill House ones. I think it's been one a month. Basketball Heads is the first. Yeah, and it's then one, in November you month. get a new number one, but you get number two. Yeah, basketball. So I think that's they're not yeah. like they're not throwing rushing. them all at you, yeah. but they may have a schedule. Is this limited run or is it? Is yeah, it I ongoing? think they are all, all six issues. issues. Oh, are they right? All six okay, so they might pick that one up. It's a bit like your X Men titles. I think you're gonna. Well, maybe not for you, but <laughs> I think some people are going to pick up all the number ones, right? And be like, okay, what, what am I going to stick with here? Well, that's exactly what I think. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. So far, I'm the up. only thing is, though, with the Hill House stuff, they're slightly teasing you in yeah, with this short yeah. story at the end, 
which you get a different part with each issue. Though that's a that's 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 a classic of horror comics uh-huh. as well. You know, and they, they in the same way as they're doing it with the Conan, Conan comics, the, the, yeah, Conan yeah, the stories, stories at the end. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, so that's Stephanie Burton. That was my biggest pick. So we skip to the end. Sorry, let me what he wants. I mean, never start a story if you don't know how it's going to end. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah Tell us your so, other picks, but, right. but please leave one talk, out. Talk amongst yourselves while I figure this out. <laughs> okay, so we'll go. So we'll go to image. We're going to get to another. I think there's there's another image number one that I think everyone was just dying to get to, but I think this one maybe it's going to go a little bit under the radar. Um, so this one is Protector Number One, and that's by Simon Roy and Daniel Daniel M Benson. Artist is Artem Trakhanov and Jason Morty and Hassan. Three artists, but as far as I know, Hassan's a letterer. Um, but I don't know what's going on there anyway. Um, so maybe they're all doing art. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so parts. This one's for Keith. Parts Conan the Barbarian, Mad Max, and The Expanse. It takes all really the boxes. Interesting. Um, so yeah, if you like the hyper-detailed storytelling of Maestros and the Autumn Lands, Tooth and Claw, you'll love Protector. Um, of all the tribes that dwell in the hot ruins of far future North America, the Hudsoni reign supreme, but every but even they fear and obey the godlike Divas or Devas. When the Devas warn of an old world demon in the conquered city of Chicago, Hudsoni war chief First Knife decides to deal with the threat personally. So I think a lot of world building there. There's going to be a lot of really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. So we've got Amtrak Wars and a wee bit. It's, yeah. Sounds a bit like Last God, to be honest. Um, but yeah, this is sort of, I think it sounds like a mix of science fiction and fantasy and judging by, I really love the preview art. See, I know that's the thing that put me off it. Yeah. I, I read the read the description, I read the Conan the Barbarian, the Mad Max, and the Expanse, and I thought, this is it. Whoa! <laughs> and then it's, I looked at the other page and thought, oh, maybe not. Do you not think it's Little Bird-esque? Uh, and, uh, you know what's putting me off is the thick, thick lines. Keith likes clean lines. Clean. I imagine, okay. yeah, yeah. We're See, when I read Batman Superman 3, I thought this was Keith's idea of Nirvana. Yeah, yeah. Clean exactly lines, yeah. well realized yeah. characters, four colors. I just about to read this going, <laughs> the primary this is what comics should be. <laughs> Count the colors. <laughs> too, too many hues in this one, I think. For But I, I really like the art and as we say encourage everyone to go in and look at the books for yourselves and decide. I mean I could definitely come around to it I could definitely come around to it if the story's right yeah yeah, yeah definitely um, but yeah looks, there's seeing the offer to gain section there's stuff I've never heard of um, so it's hard to, hard to know where to go from that because there's it says offer to gain you know kind of if you like Habitat trade paperback Profit volume 1 to 5 or under 2 trade paperback but um, yeah, I think if you like your fantasy, you like your high fantasy concepts. Like sci- sci-fi fantasy. It's yeah. definitely a number one to pick up. And like like Image, you know, there's always going to be a number one you can jump into. So you can always sort of dive in headfirst and see see what that's going on. Sweet. And this one's a gem of the month. And the legendary James Stoko doing the cover for that, who did Aliens Dead Orbit, which is fantastic. See, if he was doing the rest of the art, I'd be landed. 
I did you read? Have you read Dead Orbit? I don't know if you. I like mean, it. Keith, never judge a book by its cover. Yeah, well, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. But I highly. I recommend know you've talked about Dead, Dead Orbit, Orbit quite a lot of so times. Good. It's um, just an original story, really, isn't yeah. it? Set within the Alien universe. It's very hard to make you feel claustrophobic when you're reading a comic book, but it definitely, well, it definitely doesn't. Um, so yeah, that's that one. Um, now we're gonna take a sojourn to the Scott Comics section. Sojourn, you say? Yeah, I have decided on my. <laughs> <laughs> it's the one with the longest title by any yeah, chance. It is. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I think. Um, probably like a lot of stuff in this podcast you've probably heard us talk about this before so maybe we won't talk about it too much but we are going for the graphic novel of red winter trade paperback which is by my one of my best friends michael gordon and also the art so there's he means one of his best friends he isn't here yeah, that's what you mean. Yeah, that's yeah. my best friend. <laughs> so that's his best friend. No, that's his best friends. This is his family. Do you know? Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, um, so it says the artist is Francisco Munoz, but um, it actually changed the issues. Uh, issue four changed artist to an Italian artist. Can't remember his name at the moment. And uh, if you've ever read any of my books, Roland's Calmness does the coloring on this. Yeah. So yeah, this one, um, read issue four last night, fantastic stuff. Um, if you like sort of criminal, noir, detective stuff, it's highly recommended. Interesting, what's the um, gist? The gist is, Eli Winter is a former NYPD detective, now living in the most crime-ridden district of Moscow. Eli is emplo- employed by local crime boss Nikolai Dubrovsky, without whom Eli would likely be rotting in an American prison. Eli sees a chance for redemption when he is enlisted to investigate the destruction of one of Dubrov- Dubrovsky's meth labs. His men have been killed and all their blood money and merchandise has been stolen. Eli soon finds out the crime was committed by his estranged son, Joseph, as part of a rival gang initiation. Now Joseph needs his father's help as he's been way over his head. Uh, will Eli make the choice to protect his son from the vicious gang he works for? Ooh. It's fantastic there's a lot of um when i read it i didn't really expect there's a lot of really great um sort of family like a father-son dynamic which is really good i didn't really didn't expect that um but yeah if you like sort of crime definitely yeah yeah definitely <laughs> scout if you like crime if you like <laughs> read this yeah. story crime comics you know you criminal like, do you criminal. indulge in a little bit of crime do you kid? i've been known to indulge a little crime now and again <laughs> have you well done if the uh, if the moment takes me <laughs> well the crime is getting away with it <laughs> spoken like yeah. a true criminal right there <laughs> but yeah um, can't really say much more about it it's really just I've really enjoyed it so far and seeing Michael get his work um, in a monthly mm-hmm. series that's, so that's far. absolutely that's class, class. Yeah, now, yeah. now it's a trade so um, I do notice it says just trade paperback rather than volume one is that a yeah. one and done story is it as well I would assume so but I mean this is, this is a collection of the yeah the the five, four, it's been four a four five. issue okay, cool. I think Skyder I think they play around with the format they do like binge cool. they do like a binge imprint which is number one then you get the graphic novel but some they do like just a straight yeah. series cool Cool, cool. But yeah, speaking of series, there is one called White Ash, which looks really good. Um, began life as a Kickstarter. I think they've done about three or four Kickstarters now. Uh, noticed it 
couple of years ago now and here it is re-debuted as a, a number one for Scout um, written by Charlie Stickney and the artist by Connor Hughes um, when I was reading the blurb I thought this sounds uh, right up your alley Keith so here we go welcome to White Ash a small smudge of a town in western Pennsylvania where mining is a Mining is a generational calling and the secrets are burning buried deep, deeper than the coal in the mountain. As Alex Werg tries to escape the legacy and head off to college, he falls in, falls into the orbit of the enigmatic Lillian Alden. Together they race down a dangerous path, leading Alec to uncover a secret about his family that changes everything. He knows about himself and White Ash. And Ooh. now, if he leaves, there will be no one left to protect the people of the town from the ancient Ooh. evil that has just returned. Um, something is killing the children yeah, I, I really can't remember I was looking on the Kickstarter earlier and it's just described as the Lord of the Rings meets something but I can't remember what the something is that could be critical um, so critical to your uh, <laughs> yeah exactly my enjoyment yeah, yeah absolutely you know if it's Lord of the Rings meets yeah. Deadpool he and no, interest absolutely <laughs> you know? or what else Lord of the Rings meets for killing a bee meets or man year one Lord of the Rings meets the idiot's guide to accounting yeah no. well that'd be brilliant <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um, I, I've never um, I've never I've just lifted the Kickstarter I didn't um, didn't back it or anything so it looks really good it looks like a I think that's um, it's not part of their binge imprint I think that's going to be like a series of four I believe um, looks really good and I'm really digging what um, Scout are doing at the moment um, there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff um, from Scout but um, it seems like all the smaller sort of indie titles are also in the middle of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you can't even pick out anything there. Gone are the days of flicking through the preview pages. Nope. Yeah, that's that's me. Close I think until stick with the format, Roddy. Yeah. yeah, close the book. If, close you're a, the book. if you're a fan of Supernatural, Twin Peaks, or Lord of the Rings, you go. Oh, Twin Peaks. Oh, okay, we're interested. Yeah. We're interested. See, that's why it's critical. Yeah. That's why it's critical. You mentioned those but, um, two beautiful uh, words. I think that Would it hurt you to know I've never seen Twin Peaks. Uh, that's okay. I it might hurt him, but it wouldn't surprise like, him. <laughs> I mean, you're not James Oliver, so you know I don't expect you never to have seen quality stuff. But you know, Twin Peaks. To be honest, I only watched Twin Peaks for the first time six years ago, and it came out in the late '80s, and it is the greatest TV show of all time, in my opinion. I always gotta throw it in my case across the hall. Not allowed to make such definitive statements. I think something come along and change your mind. What would be your favorite television show of all time? I don't know, Doctor Who. That, that that's an answer you don't need yeah. to yeah. preface it with I don't know Roddy I think I'd go for the wire I was half expecting that from Keith so I'm kind of wondering although he might think Cobra Kai is the greatest TV <laughs> show I'm, not sure. I'm going to join Robbie, Robbie in this Robbie Marvel buddies The Wire is where it's at yeah. I was if you not. haven't watched The Wire just do yourself a favour if you haven't heard of The Wire I was half expecting you maybe to say Firefly Maybe. Oh, the wi- the wire's a whole different. The wire comes from that period of TV shows, that golden age of TV shows, that I believe has now passed. Uh, that included such classics as Sopranos. Sopranos. And, yeah. Uh, you know. Twenty four. Uh, yeah. The first bit of for me. Lost. <laughs> also for me. Deadwood. Yeah. 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 
Yeah, I, I think a golden age. And then led into Breaking Bad. I guess and yes, the uh, golden age of HBO, really. Yeah, HBO yeah. is where it was at. Anyway, I think we're getting yeah. off topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would never. White Ash, Lord looks amazing. Okay. Lord of the Rings meets Twin Peaks. And Gillen watched Twin Peaks. Perfect. Uh, and previews is being passed to Mr. I Miller. I believe we're on to Mr. Miller oh, next. Are we? we okay. Sorry. Now remember right. the format, Keith. Okay. I'm all good. Leave your biggest recommendations uh, to last. I was just testing you. Okay, so I'm going to kick off with uh, with the 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 D book, and I think it's probably it's an image series, but I think it's one that we were all looking at, and I was just lucky enough to get to the book first. <laughs> um, so the uh, favoritism there. It's a uh, the clock is the first of a four issue mini series. Um, it is written by Matt Hawkins and Matt Hawkins. There's two veterans actually, Matt Hawkins and Colleen. Colleen Doran uh, Hawkins I think is the president of Topco yep. and has been for quite a long time since the mid 90s and he's written over I think 30 titles for Topco and Image um, Colleen Doran she's an interesting one she created her first book at the age of 12 um, with uh, what was the book called I can't remember um, but she's written or she's, she's been artist in Sandman Wonder Woman Legion of Superheroes Teen Titans yeah. Vampire Diaries all sorts of stuff and you know in that time it's definitely one of those from that list that stands out it's not the same quality as the rest yeah yeah um, <laughs> fair enough fair enough um, so The Clock uh, 32 pages science fiction thriller um, and I say it's, it's premiere and it's, it's a top guy and image or, or uh, they they team up quite a bit would that be correct I think Top Cow is now an, an imprint of image within, but okay. I think yeah, the yeah, way I you have Skybound or it was its own thing for a brief period in the 90s yeah. but potentially Image bought it I don't know they are. Don't, okay, don't, so don't quote me on that so it's an interesting one bit of a conspiracy sort of a thing it says within three weeks hundreds of millions of healthy people uh, worldwide contract various forms of aggressive cancer and the proliferation seemingly a viral outbreak stumps the best scientific minds available but after a leading cancer researcher loses his wife and watches his nine-year-old daughter begin to succumb to the same illness, he must race against the clock to end a global conspiracy that could propel the world straight into World War Three or worse. So, um, it's it's that conspiracy side of things. It's that medical side of things. It's it's kind of it's it's frightening in itself because probably there's not one of us around the table who hasn't in some way been touched by cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whenever they they start you think of that in terms of a viral outbreak that's killing people inside three weeks uh it's a it's a horrible horrible thing you know um so i think that's it's it's i say that that conspiracy i'm not a big fan of conspiracies in real life but in fiction i'm all over them um you know it says if you like the suspense of hbo's chernobyl i think we all do i think mm-hmm. that's that's, yeah. that's taking a few boxes there one of the best tv series of this year yeah, uh, whatever you're talking about conspiracy and lies and, and cover-ups uh, there's nothing better and the breakneck uh, pacing of science fiction comics like Think Tank you'll love the clock so this just this sort of jumped out at me there's a, there's a couple of pages of, uh, of preview art um, and the it's uh, not the most lively of preview no it's not it's the most lively of preview art and it is talking heads but <laughs> but it's interesting it was, the, it was the talking heads that got me it was yeah. the it was the um I really like Colleen Doran's art. I have um, is it the book of lost souls she did as well. Uh, that um, a distant soil was her ah, was yeah, her trade. Yeah. yeah, the one that she she created as a as a child and then rewrote 
Oh, right. See, if yeah. you have talking heads, but it's really well written, it can be fantastic. Yeah, I, it yeah. makes me think of like, was it Daredevil number nine? Was yeah. it nine or ten? Where literally the whole issue is just Matt Murdock sitting at the table ben with the crime family, the, and they were talking. Oh, yes, yeah, Bendis yeah. is the king of talking head comic books. Yeah, like, you know, but. Well, I would argue the most distinctive looking thing of that is the cover. I love that sort of yeah. look of the contagion sort of symbol. Yeah, yeah. And then what looks almost Bio like hazard. A, yeah. almost looks like a giant sword going down into a yeah. family tree, mm-hmm. and then you got the clock, oh, mm-hmm. a la doomsday clock. I think the cover is fantastic. Yeah. So, really looking forward to that. Uh, I think we're all sort yeah. of maybe yeah. jumping yeah. on yeah. that. Yeah. that. Uh, what is it that's what is it that's propelling everybody else to jump on it? Well. You can't really go wrong with a, a one or four issue miniseries like that. Yeah, it doesn't you can't do no, too much harm, like. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Co- premise for me and Colleen Doran. Okay. Cover for me. Yeah. Cover. Sweet. There you are. So, okay. yeah, that's cool the house. clock. <laughs> the clock number one of four. Yeah. Um, so, that's my only uh, indie pick. So, tell uh, us your DC year. picks then. I ain't got no DC picks uh, this this month. Um, it is interesting because I mean we've got a we've got a lot of picks between us from the the indie book. We've got a lot of picks from the Marvel book and a few less from the DC pick. But that's just a function of what we were talking about yeah. at the start of the podcast. You know, for me, unfortunately, this month there aren't any. There's be, there'll be plenty I'll be reading in it, but nothing that's jumping out on as picks. Um, so, um, what else was? Uh, was jumping out at me from the Marvel book. So I want to highlight uh, Iron Man 2020. We've been talking about this for a wee while in the podcast. <laughs> Marvel have like been teasing it for since, I think, 1920. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, the creative team have been revealed as Dan Slott, who is the current writer of Iron Man, and Christos Gage, who you know is a, an artist on a lot of different bits and pieces, a writer on a whole lot of different bits and pieces, rather. Um, and Pete Woods is on arts and covers um, so it does say Iron Man the event decade, decades in the making it feels like they've just been pushing it for, for decades you know um, <laughs> so this comes off the back of an Iron Man story in 1984 or rather a Machine Man story in 1984 um, which 10 years before me 10 years oh Jesus Christ <laughs> one year after I was born <laughs> Roddy well, was barely a glint me. in his, you know, father's eye at that point. <laughs> oh, well, Keith was already reading Marvel comics. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, nineteen eighty four, the year of Secret Wars. Yes, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, very good um, year for Marvel. Um, so the the original Iron Man twenty twenty, uh, it was. Uh, Tony Stark's future cousin, I think, Arno Stark, who uh, was a real he 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 had bought the rights to the Iron Man armor, and he was Iron Man, but he wasn't using it for heroic deeds. He was more of a hired mercenary and created, you know, and and, and undertook acts of espionage, corporate espionage, and all that sort of thing. And he was uh, so he originally appeared in Machine Man, and the way it happened was Machine Man had survived to the future and been reactivated, and uh, Iron Man twenty twenty had been sent on this mission to capture Machine Man, and it was a whole thing. Um, it went on. It was it went on, and Iron Man twenty twenty has appeared in various Arno Stark. Iron Man twenty twenty has appeared in various uh, time jumping adventures since then. But this most recently in Dan Slott's Iron Man, Arno Stark has been. Tony Stark's brother uh, in the current um, universe. Uh, 
that's a whole thing. Uh, Tony Stark. <laughs> Tony Stark isn't the son of um, Howard Stark and Maria Stark. Arno Stark is their son, and Tony Arno Stark was very ill as a child, and they sort of put him in an iron lung and hid him away and adopted Tony in order to be their real son, you know, and so forth and so on. And that was discovered some years ago. Uh, so everything you know about Tony Stark is a lie. <laughs> so that in, in the current in the current Earth 616 Arno Stark is his brother he's a very very clever man himself a futurist uh, he's working for Sunset Being so he's working secretly I think for the not secretly for the the, the competition of, of Stark Industries and I imagine if things progress Arno Stark and certainly from the covers Arno Stark in Iron Man 2020 will be Iron Man and uh certainly from some of the covers it looks like Tony Stark will be dead um, now looking at the current Iron Man run uh, there's a horrible thing that's just happened there's a lot of artificial intelligence and exploration of what it is to be human um, Tony has rebooted his and uh, Rhodey's entire body in order to resurrect Rhodey in order to get rid of a thing in Tony uh, Tony's not sure if he is himself or if he is just a, a, a a copy of himself because he rebooted his body and uh, and now in the most recent issue he has been merged physically with his armour and is on the way out um, it's a whole horrific body horror thing um, and it seems he is out <laughs> um, if you look at the front cover of Iron Man 2020 number one uh, Iron Man 2020 is a six issue miniseries and it is accompanied in February by what looks like the first of a three issue Forceworks 2020 miniseries Forceworks where the West Coast Avengers of the 90s when everything was hard and gritty and US Agent was in charge and War Machine was a thing and yeah uh, Machine Man uh, seems to have a, a two issues Machine Man have just explained the significance of Machine Man to, to Iron Man 2020 uh, Rescue 2020 Rescue is uh, Pepper Potts alter ego in, in armour uh, Iron, Iron Iron Heart 2020 and there's a classified something you know um, so it says the future is now artificial intelligence presents a clear and present danger to humanity and must be brought to heel the robot rebellion battles for the establishment of robot rights and Arno Stark is Iron Man and apparently we've got a fifth colour fluorescent ink treatment cover there you are I don't know what, I don't know what that means but it probably glows in the dark um, so yeah that's Iron Man that's Iron interesting Man interesting to show the checklist going halfway into the year yeah. Usually, when you say a checklist and something like previews, it means that it's a new issue every week, or it's maybe over two months. Six months is impressive. What forward is plan. interesting is they are the Tony Stark Iron Man series. The regular series is is either finishing or going on hiatus before this. So Iron Man twenty twenty for six issues for six months will be Iron Man, um, and those accompanying those accompanying uh, two shots or three shots um, are there. So. Yeah, interesting stuff. They've been teasing it for long enough. I'm definitely getting yeah. it. <laughs> I love the blockbusters design of <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the yeah. Hi, Bob. Can I have a 2020? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's Iron Man 2020. Um, next up from me is Marvel's X number one uh, of six by Alex Ross, Jim Kruger, and art by Well B. Um, so this appears to be. Uh, is it a prequel to it's a prequel to the original Earth X story by Alex Ross and Jim Krieger uh, I don't know you, you're, you're making a face yeah, like you're familiar uh, with it fantastic yeah there it was wasn't it Marvel's answer to Kingdom Come it that's exactly what yeah. it was um, so 
with the same artist basically <laughs> that's right so uh, yeah fantastic and uh i think i have universe universe uh, universe paradise? universe x paradise. and paradise x wasn't yeah. it yeah, yeah um it. so earth x was 1999 uh written by jim kruger art by john paul leon uh, based on alex ross's notes and was a dystopian version of the marvel universe um uh, I'm not going to the whole tale, but if I recall, Red Skull was a was a major villain in it. It was set in the far future. Uh, Spider Man's daughter was involved. Mm-hmm. She was Venom, and there was a the Stark lived in a in a metal egg and had created metal versions of the Avengers. Or I can't it's remember bad. what the it's whole. Yeah, bad. absolutely. Um, remember the simplicity of Kingdom Come. Uh, Norman Osborn, <laughs> clean, elegant. Norman Osborn was the president. Uh, <laughs> so yeah Alex Ross anyway uh, <laughs> and that was followed up by two sequels um, Universe X and Paradise X um, by the same team so this is a prequel to Earth X um, and therefore that's good enough for me Well B I don't know who Well B is no it's um, not someone I'm familiar with not at all so but the only thing is it's designed in the same way the logo is the same as the Marvel's logo that we have discussed yeah. Ah, that's interesting too. Yeah. So I mean, there's the Alex Ross connection there. Yeah. So, so that's that's the, yeah. the cover is just a dead ringer for that. It is. You're, you're exactly but, um, right. I don't you're know exactly if there's right. any connection, connection there. We'll find out. Uh, well, B is a Norwegian artist, um, apparently. But the uh, the, the text- very cover by Well B looks pretty sweet. Mm. Uh, I like that. Uh, not hidden- did not Ditko sweet, but looks mm-hmm. sweet. there's a hidden gem variant cover by Steve Ditko there of the Green Goblin on his. Uh, broomstick that's bloody fantastic um, says David has a problem he lives in a world of monsters that would love to devour him he's the last boy on earth the last human being on earth and these creatures see him only as prey they're his former neighbours he has only one hope uh, to get to New York to get to where Captain America and the rest of the heroes are but of course if you've read Earth X that's not necessarily the case but uh, yeah looking forward to this it's a uh, it says Alex Ross, Jim Kruger uh, combine their abilities with artist Wellby to tell a very uncanny prequel to the legendary Earth X. Uh, Earth X is also solicited in this book as a trade paperback, so uh, probably worth uh, grabbing that, getting a few of those in. Um, okay, number four for me then. Uh, is not on that page. This is a massive shock to us all. So, if you've listened to our previous podcast before, there's a certain corner. Of the Marvel book that we usually skip past really we just, quickly. We avoid. Yeah, we, we avoid do. it. Mm-hmm. And we, we often say we probably avoid it wrongly, and the reason that we avoid it is because. Hard to get into. Hard to get into. Uh, there were a number of different books by a number of different writers, all of them good writers, be it Jason Aaron, be it Kieran Gillen, be it Charles Soule, be you know. But Star Wars Corner is always. Uh, and that's always stuff. something we avoid, yeah. and uh, probably especially more so since. Um, since the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi, especially uh, the Last Jedi, especially the Last Jedi. But that is no longer the case. That is no longer the case as Charles Soule and Jesus Says are relaunching Star Wars comics uh, with one title, Star Wars, uh, and issue one and two are delivered in January. As you say, it's probably a long month old. Yeah. Um, looks like they're really pushing this. There's a lot of variant covers for issue one and issue two. Um, the art, the interior art uh, by uh, Hazel Sayas looks lovely, it yeah. um, and it all looks very familiar. There's Luke lying there with a, with his 
damage hand cut off, you know. It comes off right after Empire. It comes off right after Empire, at least that's what it what it seems to be suggesting. So uh, it says in the wake of the events following the Empire Strikes Back, it is a dark time for the heroes of the rebellion. The rebel fleet, scattered following the disastrous defeat of the Battle of Hoth, Han Solo lost to the bounty hunter Boba Fett after being frozen in carbonite, and after being lured into a trap in Cloud City and bested in a vicious lightsaber duel against evil Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker learned the horrible truth about his past. Vader did not kill Luke's father Anakin, Vader is Luke's father. Now, after narrowly escaping the Dark Lord's clutches, and wounded and reading from the Revelation, Luke, Princess Leia, Lando Calrissian, the Wookiee Chewbacca and the droid C-3PO and R2-D2 must fight their way back to the Rebel Alliance for the fate of the entire galaxy is at stake. After so many losses, and is victory still possible? Well, yes. <laughs> but what Leia, Luke and their ragtag, ragtag band of uh, freedom fighters do not realise is that they have only traded one Imperial trap for another into the cunning and vengeful Imperial commander Zara at the helm of Tarkin's will. Um, Charles Sewell and artist Jesus take us to a galaxy far far away next year there you go based on that writer that's going to be brilliant because uh-huh. uh, I got I picked up the first trade of his Vader run just out of curiosity because it's Darth Vader can't go wrong and it was phenomenal to the point where I picked up the second one and then sat up to 3am this morning on eBay to win a bid for the second two or for the final two right so that's probably why I wasn't in great form of work, but his his writing is just great. He writes the lore of the Force great. Uh-huh. Uh, his Vader series is set immediately after Revenge of the Sith, and just he expands upon Vader slash Anakin's feelings about the Jedi, but why he turned as quickly and kind of fills in a few of the issues with that people have with Episode Three. Uh, the Apparently, infamous screeching of Vader at the end. No, gets a really, gets a really nice kick where it turns out the next thing Vader does is slam the Emperor into the wall with the Force and try to kill him. To which the Emperor beats the shit out of Vader and says, "Yeah, you're not even on your best day anymore." <laughs> but if Charles Soule's reading it, that's definitely that's another one you yeah. nabbed from me. And uh, Charles Soule has taken over uh, Stegman's podcast. The Soul Train. Soul Train. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah I think he's still a practicing lawyer as well. Something along those lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, so Star Wars Corner is no longer sacrosanct to us. It's uh, unless issue one well, is shit. We'll it see. It will be to me. <laughs> I have different interests. So. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars is the, the indie branch of Marvel now. <laughs> this is where this needs to be a YouTube yeah. recording, just so you can see the rolling yeah. of Mister McCann's yeah. eyes. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Caelan, cool. take it away. Right, I'm going to start off with Marvel to get that out of the way. <laughs> Don't sound too enthusiastic. Well, yeah, you struggled a wee bit with Marvel this month. Yeah, I struggled. In my defense, this is my first preview. So Did you he, struggle? Doesn't, he doesn't know what he's doing. Did he you struggle know. with Marvel <laughs> until life. you heard the enthusiasm that Keith puts in every title where you go, I need to read that? That's how most Marvel. That's how I started. Now I read bloody ninety-two Spider-Man books. (laughs) No, I saw the Hulk wearing Spider-Man costume and put it up straight on the list. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, my one pick from Marvel is Immortal Hulk, Great Power number one, and the entire premise of it is that the Immortal. I don't read the Immortal Hulk. It's something I have been meaning to pick up in trade and do very much intend to. Uh, The premise is the Hulk has moved on from Bruce Banner. Bruce Banner wakes up in the middle of the night without the Hulk. He thinks he's finally free, but the Hulk is immortal. 
and the night's not over yet. Uh, so the Hulk essentially moves into the body of Peter Parker, also known as Spider-Man. Which means that not only does he now have the proportional strength of a spider, he also gets a big green energy boost. And just the fun of seeing, as Keith said to me earlier, that this isn't the first time this has happened, but it's the first time I've seen it in the previous book, so it's the Hulk just wearing Spider-Man costume. Well, you just said this was your first previews podcast, so... (laughs) Yes, but I've read previous books before. (laughs) Uh, And also, it's written by Tom Taylor. The one and only. So, which I actually didn't even notice until Alan Candy pointed that out, so I was ready to read this before even knowing that. Great artist as well, Jorge Molina yeah, there as well. Yeah, very, very clean lines. <laughs> nice. Um, no, this is just, I'm part. not sure if it is just a one-shot. It is a one-shot. Uh, it's a 40-page yeah. one-shot. Yeah. So, it just looks like a fun title to read. Immortal Hulk, great, Greatest Power, is that it? Great Power. Great Power, So, yeah, yeah play on power and responsibility. But I think it would be fun to see Peter Parker, who's usually so careful with how he acts, how he operates as Spider-Man, suddenly lose control and break Smashed. some stuff. Yep, absolutely, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Spidey smash. Uh, but yeah, that's me done with Marvel. I tried. <laughs> you tried harder than Keith tried with DC, so alright. Whoa, whoa, I had a couple of DC picks that you pinched. <laughs> I tried, and I got more DC titles than the rest of everyone combined. But, <laughs> and uh, they're all super picks as well. No, no, no. Yeah, they're sort of all super picks. Yeah. Um, hang on, I've carefully numbered these. No, no, these. no. Yeah. <laughs> I've carefully numbered these so I don't make the same mistake. <laughs> You're just throwing everybody under the bus here. <laughs> I, I, I figure if this is my first and last previous <laughs> podcast, I'm going all in. Uh, so my first pick from the DC book, obviously except for my... Uh, favourite is Legion of Superheroes The Road to Legion paperback it is a collection of a few stories that have been written by Brian Michael Bendis throughout Superman, a little bit of Supergirl and Legion of Superheroes Millennium which is the reintroduction of the Legion of Superheroes to the current DC canon whatever that actually is we hopefully will know after Doomsday Clock, maybe, possibly uh, but it's a collection of, let me just check, Superman 1415, Supergirl 33, and Legion Millennium 1 and 2. And so it follows the formation of the United Planets by uh, Superman and John Kent. John Kent, no. I think the, the Legion of Superheroes made it very clear it was John well, Kent. Well, there after. would be no John Kent without Superman, so. Alright, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, it follows, <laughs> <laughs> it follows the formation. Which. Uh, Unity Day, the day that the Legion was essentially born, or the foundation for the Legion was born, and then follows it into the great Legion of, uh, Legion of Superheroes Millennium 2 issue mini, which was just great. It followed Rose and Thorn, who is relatively. Bendis Creation. Bendis yeah, Creation, from yeah. Superman, yeah. Um, and that was, I that wasn't was, sure if she'd been introduced before. Or was no, like, and that was really interesting because I had absolutely good. assumed it was going to be Naomi, who was the other yeah. uh, Bendis Creation. Yeah. But it was nice because you kind of got to see everything through a newcomer's eyes. She went to the future. She well, she was she was immortal. She lived immortal. through the whole she lot. She lived through everything. She lived through the whole Batman Beyond and Batman Justice Beyond Universe, Beyond and, you know, the Last Man, to President Friday. Supergirl. Yes, President yeah. Supergirl is in uh-huh. charge. She goes to you for aid, and President Supergirl is like, I don't know how to help you. Um, she actually has a few run-ins with. Uh, the Mr. Cool before he becomes Mr. Gold. And the trick of it is that uh, Rose and Thorn has uh, 
a split personality, you know, yeah, same and body. a very literal same body, two people. Yeah. And the the only drug that can control her transformations has been discontinued. Has been discontinued in the future because it's not an issue. So they just go, we don't need that drug anymore. And she's like, yeah, I'm an immortal. Uh, I the don't need it. Yeah. it <laughs> the immortal who could go and why did they break a few things? But it was great. Uh, it was a lot of fun to read the Superman issues. Supergirl actually collected a few of them to loop into that story and Legion Millennium was just great. She spent us building on this little, very, very big and expanding corner of the DC Universe he seems to be controlling. Uh, but based it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad based thing. Based on everything he's doing with the stuff I'm reading, it's great. It's also a who's who of great artists there. Adam yes. Rice, Jim Lee, Dustin Goon, Andres Sorrentino. Ryan Sook who will be the main artist for oh, Legion, Legion yeah. which I'm very much looking forward to because he can draw. Can. Probably why he's an artist. <laughs> I'm being a smart ass to myself. Uh, my next pick is another trade. I did cheat a little bit by going for a few trades. It's the collected version of Tales from the Multiverse. Sorry, Tales from the Dark Multiverse. So, so far we've had uh, Batman Nightfall, Nightfall and The Death of Superman, which was superb. Um, I've never been as happy to see a Superman story where he dies. <laughs> which breaks me, but it's... I mean, spoilers! It's in the title. Um, but it is the collected edition, so it's collecting five tales. Uh, the Dark Multiverse tellings of Nightfall, Death of Superman, Blackest Night, uh, Infinite Crisis, and Teen Titans Judas Contract. The last three are... Still to come? Yeah. yeah. But the Dark Multiverse stuff, it's just been refreshing. And it also hints to something more coming to DC. I feel like there's going to be something coming along. I'm, I was talking about this with a few ones. Uh, possibly another crisis that's going to pull the Dark Multiverse into the main multiverse. Mm -hmm. uh, allow them to open up a new... Because DC do sort of have their established multiverses that if you're Earth-X, this is this. Um, I think it's Earth 22. There's 52 maybe. of them, isn't there? 52, but they kind of pick and choose when but then they're relevant. But then there's 52 dark multiverses, multiverses as well, there's isn't there? There's multiverses of multiverses at this point, and uh, Doomsday Clocks are just a metaverse, and... So it's it's confusing. I had, to, it's I had to keep... As DC, I had to keep reminding myself that uh, whenever I was reading the Batman one, that it wasn't a what-if. Yeah. And then it kind of was a water. It sort of is a water. It's a different universe. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but just the art, the writers, you have Snyder, Higgins, Tinian, uh, Loveness, Seeley, and Matt Groom. And just the artists as well Fernandez, Brad Walker, Kyle Hotz, Aaron Lepresky, Tom Rainey, and literary others. Just, it is. It's, it's refreshing because you don't have to worry about knowing the previous canon and knowing what's happening currently you can just read it there's a little intro at the start of uh, each of them so far anyway of uh, you don't Guardian of the Dark Multiverse you don't have to worry about oh that's uh, Tempest yes. Tempest Fugit who is also appearing in Flash Forward yes he's guiding uh, uh, Alan if you recall it. second yeah. issue of Flash Forward is great with Tempest yeah because Tempest, yeah. Tempest is it Tempest Fugit Tempest, Fug so. Tempest Fuginot Mr. Tempest Tempest Fuginot. Um, what I think it, it is interesting because it is interesting to build the canon because then you can see how it differs and you can see yeah, where those well, and that's. Yeah. I mean, that's what always made the. They are releasing the dollar comics as well. So yeah, each time the original stories. That's what that's what was always cool about the 
the I mean it's a, it's the, it is the format from what if where yeah. it starts with the watcher going da 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 but what if yeah what if a very slight you know change in you know whatever butterfly effect happens yeah, yeah exactly you know and then you see that you know yeah, so well, that's what, if you think about it this way I was doing a what if when I picked my pick you were <laughs> yeah you were I've never seen yeah, a man anyway. go so far to justify a mistake. It's impressive. Did it really happen? Who knows? Don't know. Yeah. Not when Keith know. edits it out. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Tales from Dark Multiverse. First day have been great. And if the next three hold up, it's, it's just okay. I'm probably only going to grab the ones that I know the stories of. I was going to ask, have I you read them at the same that. time? As Did you pick up the dollar comics? Or well, of course, he have. picked up the Superman. Well, I have yeah. that Superman trade. <laughs> so, like, did you go so, back to read it to see? Well, I hadn't if... read um, Nightfall. Oh, uh, I broke Alan. <laughs> um, so I break it back. Turn the lift. That was the sound of Nightfall yes. dropping onto the table. Nightfall omnibus well, volume that's one. Gonna, that's going to wake a few people up. Volume one of three. <laughs> that is the big book. It is. No, Nightfall is great, in fairness. Um, but no, I never went back. I just... I I could remember the, the main beats of the story. Mm-hmm. But well, I, I knew that it was when Bane broke yeah. Bruce Wayne and the rise of Asriel's yeah. Batman, Battle for the Coil, etc. So, I mean, I knew nothing about The Blackest Night or about... Uh, Infinite Crisis. Judas. I know Infinite Crisis, but I've never read Judas Contract, so I'll probably grab that one more. They are releasing the dollar comics alongside them, so that's why with Nightfall I picked it up and I read mm. through it before, just so I could get a anyway. few ideas. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Tales from Dark Multiverse, definitely worth reading, even if it is just one of the singles that you've, you know the story from. And sh- surely back to Superman. So this is Superman number 19. And with Ivan Rice and Joe Prado back on art, well, they were back on art on issue 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, 16 and 17, they took a break. I wasn't a fan of the art in 16, but I'm happy to see these 16 guys back was on 16 was reuniting of the Super Friends. Oh, that was fantastic. The, the, the story was the fantastic. The Super Sons. Yeah, yeah. That was fantastic. Of them, Super Friends. I also yeah. had no problem whatsoever with the art. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Kevin doesn't like John Romita Jr., you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Okay. You'll learn. You'll learn. Uh, anyway, no. yeah, yeah. But Superman, Brian Michael Bendis' continuation of his brilliant Superman run. Um, I genuinely, even with that Superman sixteen, where the art wasn't my cup of tea, the story was still was brilliant. class. Yeah, it was it's, one of those stories I, where the story is good enough that the art. There's nothing that pulled me away from it. Unlike Superman Year One, where I didn't the like the art. And didn't story like the was good enough that I liked Damien for the first time in history. <laughs> Damien, they were Damien was very much written as a kid. As dark as his life is, he, he his Batman's his dad. He's like, he was still a kid. He still it was his best friend. Um, it was it was really heartwarming. Yep, it was. But <laughs> nineteen is set after Bendis' new event. Set after issue, obviously issue eighteen, where Superman has outed himself to the entire world as Clark Kent. So it's dealing with the fallout of that. Uh, one day later, what happens the day after Superman reveals his secret identity to the world? And what reper- repercussions will his decision have across the entire DC universe? Because as we all know, Superman is the center of the DC universe. Thank you, Doom Take Luck. Uh, it also says here, plus Superman, President of Earth. So that likely a fallout of the fact that everyone now knows that 
the most powerful man on the planet. Superman, also, President of Earth, is an alternate Earth Superman. Yes, that is Superman from Earth Twenty Three. Take your word for it. It is <laughs> because he also appeared in Flash Forward. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's I'm loving what Bendis is doing. Yeah. Um, and this will lead into my uh, first recommendation of of this previous book, but it's just it's Bendis been knocked out of the park. Uh, the art. Is I wonder how Superman's gonna make everybody forget his uh, super identity. It's gonna Superman, have to be. Superman, can you explain this? The magic kiss. He's, he's, gonna, he's gonna go around at super speed. He's gonna have to uh, do a deal with Doctor Fate, the same as Spider-Man did a deal with Doctor Strange. Yes. This also is gonna obviously repercussions with stuff Bendis has been laying the groundwork for. His first few issues of Action Comics dealt with Lois Lane being snapped, taking a having a quick snog with. Uh, Superman as opposed to her husband Clark Yeah, Graham. well as an Irish word snob. <laughs> yeah. And that's uh, that years. <laughs> and that's uh, that's been a big that's been a big part of uh, Greg Ruggles Lois Lane. Yeah. No, that is really. something I am picking up in trade. Um, I do regret not getting the first issues, but you obviously didn't listen to this podcast back when. <laughs> I did, I'm just broke. Yeah, <laughs> and is, is Lois Lane finished by that stage? I guess. No, I don't think so, because no, it's going to be 12. Think so. I think issue 7, it's a 7 or 8 of Lois Lane, right. is dealing with the fallout of this. Okay. Because I do remember in the last previews book, it did, it previewed Superman 18, and then Lois Lane as well, it also said... Yeah, because I mean, Lowsley in the, that book is definitely telling his own story. So, anyway. It's not actually here. But, yeah, Superman is on, remains my favourite ongoing series. Uh, which isn't really shocked anybody, but <laughs> just feel like reinforcing it. He's better than Batman. Well, then, why don't you go on to your main recommendation for the month? You may as well continue your yeah. super trilogy. Yeah, so or it is actually. trilogy or whatever we are at this point. <laughs> I don't know, I'm missing kind of a lot of Superman. But yeah, it is actually the event in question. <clears throat> uh, Superman Heroes number one. It's it's actually forty eight pages, so it's double, triple sized issue. Um, double size, yeah, an extra twelve pages. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once again written by a few writers pages. on it this time. Uh, Bendis, Fraction, Hauser, Greg Rucka. That's why this got my attention, because those are basically the writers of Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane. Yeah, that's oh, this oh, is, is this a combination or is yeah. it? Yeah, it very much is. It's so it's called Superman Heroes Number One. It's one of two uh, sort of event. I actually tweeted Bendis about this, asking were we getting an annual Superman anytime because Batman Four Annual Number Four had just come out. So I was kind of feeling a bit neglected for the Man of Steel. <laughs> but Bendis did reply saying, "Well, I've got these two Superman heroes, Superman villains coming out there." I feel like this is what Bendis does. He prefers annuals or specials and events to annuals. So you see the Leviathan Rising and stuff like that. I feel like that's how he does annuals. But Hero Superman Heroes deals with how the heroic side of the DC universe deals with Manasseh's revelation. So uh, the cover, just to name a few, has members of the Justice League, Daily Planet, uh, some of the young justice including um, Connor Kent so it's going to be interesting to see how he reacts to the Man of Steel since they haven't quite interact they haven't re- interacted at all so far uh, since he was reintroduced in Young Justice and uh, Tim Drake there in his fancy new costume going by the superhero name of Drake better than he's not Robin anymore don't worry um, but yeah this is going to deal with 
how every corner of the DC universe relating to Superman actually handles this revelation so well. <coughs> you guys said it's the writers from Lois Lane from Jimmy Olsen. So this revelation must be coming off the back of Event Leviathan, then, is it? I feel it's like some, Superman, something yeah. is going to put. Yeah, yeah. Ben is kind of been laying the groundwork for this with Superman wondering who he's protecting by keeping a secret because obviously Lois is getting abuse for cheating on her nice, mild-mannered husband with this super being. And he's yeah. like, well, hang on. And at the main continuity, the uh, Kent parents are dead, so he doesn't really have anyone to protect in that his son is off in the future. His clone-slash-brother is in another universe again so he doesn't oh, it's only Lois and she's being hurt by the secret so it's, it's interesting to see um, I'm loving where Bendis is going with this showing the relationships Superman has with everyone mm-hmm. it is part, It is the first of two issues so this first one is Superman Heroes uh, Superman Villains hasn't been solicited yet but it's going to be a the, February uh, one no doubt then yeah it'll oh, February 2020 that's scary <laughs> it will be the uh, darker side of the universe how the villains obviously what's Lex Luthor going to do when he finds out that he's been under his nose this whole time this godlike being has been under his nose living in his city the it entire time doesn't have any ramifications with you're the villain does it because Lex is off being Apex Lex yeah that's I suppose that's something we'll find out when, when the vil- comes, uh, yeah. Superman villains is mm. solicited so when is you when is so you year of the villain Hell Arisen begins in December uh, it's a Tinian four parter when is Year of the Villain? What is Year of the Villain? Year of the Villain, when Hell Arisen. When did it start? So yeah. we know when it's a year? <laughs> yeah. And yet it's continued into 2020. <laughs> so I mean, it's no longer a year. We, we, yeah. we don't know if it started on January Can we last leave year the Doomsday way? Clock jabs to a minimum? No, because we only have... See we by, the, ne- only have a see by the next... T- oh, no, not quite. Damn it. <laughs> I was going to say by the next time we do a previous podcast, I'll be out, bro. <laughs> It'll uh, be early. Be or Doomsday Clock. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, Superman Heroes, that is my pick for this preview. I really do hope there's at least two panels now where it's just Batman walking away going, this is not new information to me. <laughs> when he repeats his I mean, best buddies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. So that was Kiln's main pick for the month, uh, which is Superman Heroes. Can Roddy remember what his main pick is now? It's the million dollar question. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> Uh, so this one is a we're gonna go dip briefly into Dark Horse um, this one is called Apocalyptic Girl and Aria for the End Times uh, and this something I already actually own it's a really just a really lovely gorgeous it's like a it's called Apocalyptic Girl but it's quite a small story um, it's a really beautiful tale Alone at the end of the world, Arya is a woman with a mission. As she traipses through an overgrown city with a cat named Jellybeans, Arya is on a fruitless search for an ancient relic with immeasurable power. But when a creepy creepy savage sets sets her on a path to complete her quest, she'll face, face death in the hopes of claiming her prize. Uh, this, I can't remember, was like a good, might even be 10, 10 years ago now. Andrew McLean is the writer and the artist. Uh, he does everything. And if you like your fantasy, <coughs> definitely check out Headlopper, which is a series I absolutely love. He does. Um, he's done a few variant covers for Deadly Class, mm-hmm. loads of other image books. I think he's done like Rumble. I know Rumble and 
headlock ride crossover recently but um you should really check out the excuse me check out this book because it's in comics there's a lot of um obviously you get the mix the art and the dialogue there isn't much dialogue in this so it's very visual the f- very visual the flow you could probably read it really quickly if you want or you can take your time and just look at whatever um but it's gorgeous really gorgeous book um bit of uh, exploration about our humanity and all that sort of thing um yeah definitely definitely one to check out the art it's like um an apocalyptic road movie if that would make sense <laughs> um but yeah yeah just a really really fantastic book she's got um the relationship with the i'm not a cat person i'm a dog person but uh jelly beans and her relationship in the book is really good um so this is like a sort of hardcover reprinting the second edition of it um oh it's in a bad times Oh no. Advanced solicit. <laughs> oh. uh, so Bad times. if by January you mean March fourth, yeah, pick this up. Um yeah, it's hard and it's um it's a really small comic as well, seven inches by ten inches, so um you'll have to get some new bags for that on. Just have to fold yeah. over the current yeah. ones. We're all good. But yeah, um hundred and twenty pages and it's uh twenty dollars. So definitely really it's a really gorgeous story, really heartwarming story as well. So can't recommend it highly enough. And that is my definite definitive <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. final pick. And then how about yourself, Keith? Well for me, um I've got a uh the first two issues of a five-issue uh, mini-series as my uh, my my pick for January 2020. It's Hawkeye Freefall number one and two of five by Matthew Rosenberg and Otto Schmidt. Um, Hawkeye for me has always been a really interesting character in Marvel. Um, he is Marvel's original um, villain turned hero, and uh, he was obviously introduced to the Marvel universe. Clint Clint Barton. Who I guess most people maybe now know as Hawkeye in the the Marvel universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe, but his his background in the comics is, is much much deeper. Um, so he was introduced as a, as a, I guess a villain. He was manipulated by the Black Widow and the attacking the Avengers and um, and all of that stuff. And uh, eventually he realized the error in his ways and uh, captured the Widow and. Uh, became a member of Cap's uh, Cookie Quartet, the second uh, lineup of the Avengers alongside Quicksilver, Scarlet Witch, uh, Cap. Um, so, and there was always a there was always a a relationship between Cap and Hawkeye. Hawkeye always thought that he should have been the leader of the Avengers. Always vied with Cap. I mean, Cap's the ultimate leader, but you know, so Hawkeye was always the ne'er do well. He was always the the could have, should have, would have. They also ran. You know, uh, he's really interesting because he's one of those heroes who he's in the big leagues. He's he's a member of the Avengers. He's always been a member of the Avengers, um, but he's a guy with no powers. He's a guy who shoots arrows very well. In addition to the fact that he's deaf, uh, you know, he, he only hears through the fact that he wears hearing aids. Um, so over the last few years, I mean, Matt Fraction's run on uh, Hawkeye was fantastic, but reimagined Hawkeye a wee bit differently than we've ever seen him. Uh, and uh, all, also for the last few years 
the Hawkeye name has been Kate Bishops. She's been Hawkeye, so I think this is maybe going to return Hawkeye to where he should be as the prime Hawkeye, you know, uh, which is which is good to see. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg has done some great work recently um, on uh, Uncanny X-Men, on The Punisher, uh, so I'm really interested to see him turning his talents to uh, to Hawkeye. Otto Schmidt was the, the, the artist on The Green Arrow. Yeah. So... There you are. For one arch or two. For one arch, you know, there, exactly. Um, uh, it looks like there's a couple of things going on here. Hockey is coming out of the back of a battle with uh, with the Hood, uh, supernatural uh, crime boss of the Marvel Universe. And there's something going on here with Ronan. Now, we know Ronan uh, as uh, Clint Barton's alter ego uh, once he shed the Hawkeye uh, name. Now, that, that occurred back in New Avengers. I think it was Bendis that wrote that as well. Bendis just keeps appearing and appearing, in them, you know. <laughs> um, I think that was. I think. I think Bendis wrote Hawkeye as Ronan, but he's obviously. I think that. Yeah, I think I saw him mention that. So the gist of this is that Ronan has returned, but it's not Clint Barton behind the mask. Uh, it's a mysterious and a ruthless new Ronan who starts uh, tearing a destructive path through New York, and of course, suspicion immediately falls on Hawkeye, who was the previous occupier of that costume. But Clint is more to worry about than who's wearing the costume. After a clash with the hood ends badly, Hawkeye gives himself a new mission that will place him in the crosshair of one of New York's most dangerous villains. Hawkeye's mission and Ronan's secret plans will set them in a collision course that only one will walk away from. Uh, fan favourite Clinton Barton re- returns in the brand new series from Matthew Rosenberg and Otto Schmidt. Uh, issue two, <laughs> the byline, clearly from Clint's point of view, is who the fuck is Ronan? <laughs> so... So yeah, so I'm interested to see what the tone of this is. I mean, uh, the art looks really nice. Um, Otto Schmidt here on the on the cover art for the variant cover of issue one. Um, I mean, uh, so many people underestimate Hawkeye. He, he as I say, he's, he's he's always been a favorite of mine for that reason that he is the he's the blue collar. He's the uh, the guy with no no extra juice. He's the you know he shoots arrows very well. He doesn't have any superpowers. He's just very very well trained. He uh, he appeared uh, in in one of my favorite runs of all time. I've mentioned it already tonight, which is the Thunderbolts. Uh, whenever Hawkeye left the Avengers, he was a criminal. He hadn't been pardoned. He you know and went to lead the Thunderbolts, fellow criminals who he wanted to help reform uh, to to help them along the path. So um, he's had a hard old time the last wee while. Um, you know between being replaced by Kate Bishop, uh, the 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 guilt of uh, shooting Bruce Banner in the head with a with a adamantium arrow to kill him, which eventually led to the creation of the Immortal Hulk. Uh, nobody's going to so be happy. He's with innocent that. now. Well, uh, guilty of something else in town. So yeah, this is one. This is one that I'm the five issue limited series that I'm really <clears throat> looking forward to. Um, I would say Alan with the 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 Punisher stuff that you've enjoyed under Rosenberg, you'll maybe enjoy this too because like like Hawkeye, the Punisher is an unpard. Yeah. anti-hero you know so more the street level stuff yeah it very much street level very much I'd say if it's if it's anything like it should be it'll be it'll be down and, and gritty you know it'll be clever use of Hawkeye's Hawkeye's abilities rather yeah. than too many trick arrows I would say so yeah it's good stuff well yeah um, I, I was I was a big fan just of the aforementioned fraction run mm. brilliant stuff um, at that point it was a character I didn't really know much about 
and they sort of reinvented him as Hawk Guy rather than Hawk, Hawk Guy, Guy. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. with Pizza Dog. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, the fact that it has that bit of legacy to it for me, Matthew Rosenberg writing and Otto Schmidt. Yeah, he did some great work recently on uh, the Green Arrow Rebirth run. Uh, so yeah, I can get on board with that mm-hmm. as well. And he's back in the purple costume. There's yeah. No messing about with that. And uh, it's again, I mean, and everybody forgets that Hawkeye was trained in, in hand-to-hand combat by Captain America, the best of the best. So, you know, yeah. it's going to be a good, going to be a good series. Cool. Uh, so yeah, so that is Hawkeye Freefall. Uh, going to be a five-issue series, and in January it looks like we'll get issues one and two of that. So we then come to the end of it, uh, just with my own personal one, and it's it's one that it's kind of hard to talk a lot about because I don't want to spoil what comes before it but the biggest pick for me this uh, this January is Batman 86 and also 87 the interesting thing with this is despite being 86 this is essentially Batman number one in a way um, at Marvel it would be at Marvel it would be <laughs> um, bittersweet moment for you it's a very bittersweet moment because you know as, as anybody who listens to this podcast or comes into the store or you know sits around this table knows I'm a huge Tom Kane fan or has a conversation with you for more than 30 seconds or has a conversation <laughs> with me indeed um, it was one of the reasons it was such a real kick off seven clay into the store and you know he, he you know Keith put it really elegantly to me where he said how does it feel to be one degree of separation away from the guy who writes Batman but I'm a massive Tom Keane fan and I'm really sad his run's coming to an end but hopefully it ends with a bang rather than a whimper I'm really hopeful I don't doubt uh, there's no doubt that it will I mean yeah. the guy's a master of his craft yeah so so he finishes at 85 so 86 essentially is the number one so we'll be pushing this a bit in the store because we were, we talked about it earlier with obviously with Jason Aaron on Thor for a long time maybe it was a little bit impenetrable you know, I would never recommend to someone, oh yeah, jump on Batman at number 70, you'll be fine. No, that that's one big run. So this is the first opportunity, realistically, in like three years, you've had to jump mm-hmm. on a brand new Batman title. So James Tinian IV was announced as the new writer, very much a disciple of Scott Schneider. A worthy successor. Um, wrote backup stories in the new 52 Batman, launched Detective Comics during the Rebirth. Uh, has written Justice League Dark, has written parts of Batman Eternal, has co-written Justice League. Keith's favorite parts of Justice League. Keith's favorite parts of Justice League. Detective Comics. Um, yeah. So he he has very much earned his stripes, and he is he is ready to you know assume the mantle of the bat. As far as I'm concerned, I do wonder if this is going to be a test run for him. I do wonder if this is going to be a you can write it up to 100. We love our. 100 variants we're going to do for issue 100 because Alan will collect them all. all. (laughs) Uh, So I do wonder if there's a bit of a test from the Seahawks received and then they'll launch with a new number one. But so James Tinian writing, uh, Tony Daniel, fantastic artist on board for this. Yeah, Tony Daniel. I saw somewhere someone asked Tony Daniel if it was going to stop at 100 to continue on and he didn't give a straight answer but he said, no, this is a continuous run. Yeah. So maybe we'll get a one one issue. I hope we do. I it's am very nice. much happy to stick with the numbering. Yeah. No problem with that. Or at least keep a legacy number. Uh, <laughs> that, that's a moral thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I can't really comment on this too much simply because uh, I don't want to ruin the story beats for myself in terms of where it's going to end with 85. What does interest me about it is that the two main villains he seems to be tackling straight away, Tinian is Deathstroke in 86 and the Riddler in 87. Um, you know, we talked about it before with the Court of Isles, with Schneider's run. I love that he didn't kick off his 
Batman or with a, a Joker story or a Two-Face story. I think that Tinian's actually chosen a couple of interesting characters to kick things off with. A couple of underused characters. You, you, will you this already... be the first appearance of the Riddler since his Year of the Villain issue? I think it probably will be, yeah. Um, unless, of course, he comes into the rest of Keane's run mm. with the end of City of Bane. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be all over this. Uh, it's interesting, though, what I would say is obviously there was that announcement last week that with Tom Kane and Clayman's uh, Batman Catwoman is going to be slightly delayed. The original plan was going to be that DC was going to have two Bat- main Batman titles a month. One would be Batman, one would be Batman Catwoman. So, they were still able to release one each fortnight. But it wasn't the main title, so it meant that they could space it out a little bit more. I'm just noticing here with the release dates that Batman 86 is going to launch on the 8th of January. Oh, day before my birthday. Um, and Batman 87 is going to launch on the 22nd, so there's actually only two weeks between this. So I wonder if they brought that forward a little bit because of that slight mm-hmm. delay. Because mm-hmm. uh, Clay is going to draw all 12 issues of Batcat. Um, that, that's gone through in so many titles Batman Catwoman Batcat he calls it Phantasm I like uh, that yeah which is yeah. great um, I don't know if we got to tell you this story or not Roddy it was something he told us at the time but see when they announced Phantasm as the villain of that yeah they weren't supposed to do that <laughs> DC Comics didn't even own the copyright of the character they had to buy it off Warner Brothers Animation <laughs> who owned the rights for a hefty price and uh Clay was saying that the only thing he's ever asked Tom Keane is please write something with Phantasm because it's his favourite film yeah. and he oh, wanted to bring him in uh, but anyway that's by the by that'll probably be a February uh, solicitation or maybe even March but yeah uh, my big pick and I'm really excited I'm, I'm sad to see Tom Keane come to an end but I'm really curious and excited to see what Tinian does with this because I think great pair of hands great choice great artist should be good uh, so that's Batman 86 and 87 and that brings to an end our new streamlined previous <laughs> podcast. We may be around the two R Mark boys. Went off Thanks without so. a hitch. You know, it went off almost with a, you know, I mean, Keelan knew his pick of the month. Mm-hmm. Keith knew his pick of the month. Roddy winged it. Changed his at the last minute <laughs> yeah. to what he really wanted. That's what he was really feeling. Well, I mean, he really wanted that March release. Yep. You know, he, yep. he really did. Um, but yeah, I think that's a format that hopefully is going to work well. Obviously, any feedback, guys. Feel free to fire it to me in the store or you know on any of our social media channels or all the rest. When's your cut off for ordering these books for uh, for January? So yeah, the uh, the order for this is going to be in towards the twenty second of November. So you've got a good three to four weeks on this. We are going to set up a new corner in the store uh, for um, setting up pull lists. We want to make it as easy as possible for people. Previews and pull list corner. Previews and pull list corner just under the previews board rebirth <laughs> uh, which is recently we've we've moved things around again because I just get stir crazy and have to change <laughs> the story again uh, but yeah we're going to set up a new little corner where there'll be sheets people can write down their lists there'll be pens there there'll be the previews books there'll be our recommendations on the board above that and then of course you can certainly listen to this podcast for, for pointers uh, so yeah that is going to be it from me um, hopefully I'll see you all in store obviously if you've never been to the store before but you do listen to this we're in Smithfield Market uh, just at the back of Castle Court in Belfast and you can find us on all our usual social media stuff Facebook, Twitter um, Instagram Coffee and Heroes sweet uh, how is everyone all good? 
after that to our yeah. fast burst yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. Think that went pretty well yeah. yeah Keith's just cracked up another beer in celebration so <laughs> we are going to call it there people uh, pleasure as always guys Hopefully that helps. Any pre-orders again, just pop in the store or get in touch through social media, guys. Uh, cool. See you next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.